everyone. Welcome to the So-So Scrutiny Podcast. I'm Robert Main, and over there is Corey Stocks. Make sure all your doors have locks. It's always a good one. Good thing to know. And then today we have a guest, Mr. DJ Ross Star. I once played on stage with Green Day with a guitar, which is... I hope Corey, I hope Corey changed his socks today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, true story, and we'll get into that a little bit. Um, uh, DJ and I have known each other probably like... 2006 2005 i think i met you like right out of like when i was out of high school yeah I, that sounds kind of creepy but i swear i was like only <laughs> tw- i was only like 22 at the time so it's not that creepy <laughs> yeah yeah no you were yeah we're both pretty young um yeah. but yeah we go way back and he's got an amazing story about being in in a different aspect of the music industry that really is part of it and um we've I've, we've, we've gone way back with a bunch of i've gone to his apartment many times um, to see some really cool bands, and we'll get into that too. Um, but uh, let's today let's let's get into our unofficial sponsors real quick. Let's get those out of the way. Corey, what are you drinking over there, bud? I'm drinking 805. Ooh, that uh, is a good one. 805 is a good beer. <laughs> Pretty I good. Once, I, I once went out and shot a video for um, oh, damn, what's uh, Ker- Kernville Campout? It's like this campout thing for motorcycle guys and I made this really cool video of them camping out all weekend and it was sponsored by 805 and it was endless free endless free 805 all weekend and even by the end of it none of these bikers drank all their beer they were like handing cases out to people so I love 805 shout out to them I am drinking a tasty truly today mango flavored gotta watch those calories guys and I'm also drinking some bones our our very favorite bones coffee Doing some uh, blueberry blues brothers one. Can I ask you an alcoholic question? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm gonna sound really old. So I, I walked by a, a brewery today. I was just walking around Redondo Beach Pier just to get outside, and a uh, sign said, "You know, IPA." I know what that is. And then it said, "Growler." What's a growler? Oh, growler is a, a, a big like jug that you can fill of beer. Um, you keep that okay. in your fridge and then you can just pour it. So you can get them filled for like 16 bucks. It's pretty good. It's like the big. So it's, a, so it's a refill. You can go back to the same bar and, and get more for one price. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of buying like a big 12 pack, you can go in with this like big jug and just like, here, fill this up. And they fill it up off the tap and then you're good to go. See, yeah. I knew you guys would know. Yeah. I knew that. I, I knew you'd have the answer for me. <laughs> we're, we're bearded and wearing flannel. We know what's up. This is true. I have glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, cool. Uh, Ross, where, where are you at right now? Uh, I'm in one of the two bedrooms that I have here at the apartment. Um, Rob has been over before, but he's never seen this side of the apartment because oh. uh, truth be told, I used to have a roommate that was 65 years old and this was her old bedroom and nobody was allowed over here. Not even me. So she moved out a few years ago, and now oh. this is my, my new office. Oh, nice. okay. I thought I thought you had moved out because I I know you like I'd seen like a bigger place, so I figured you'd moved out, but I didn't know she moved out. So no, okay. yeah, I know exactly I where you are, I, then. <laughs> I can't afford I can't afford to move out. Give me a break. California. Yeah, and that's a cool that's a cool little spot. It's 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 not the the worst some of the worst parts of LA, cat. Well, it's getting a little bit tougher because oh, they yeah. put a Seven Eleven next to me, and oh. so a lot of the Homeless people hang out there because it's 24 hours. So sometimes they'll come over to our building because it's right next to it and they'll hang out in the back. But I haven't had any incidents yet. I have Citizen, my app on the phone to let me know if something's going on in my neighborhood. And so far, there's been nothing right outside my building. So we're good. Never heard of that. What's called Citizen? 
Citizen will make you very paranoid. It will tell you every every five seconds, man with bat, man with bat attacking people on bus, woman oh with screwdriver screaming on a corner. I oh use it downloaded after we're done with this podcast. It's really fascinating. So another unofficial out. sponsor, Citizen, Citizen app. Citizen check that out so you can get paranoid. Oh, they're blowing more. up too. Yeah, they're they're a big, big app. Uh, Corey, you're at you're at in the official Sozo Scrutiny Studio, which um, good news to our folks, uh, our fans. Um, we're gonna get back together in the studio soon. We're gonna be. Yeah. We're Gonna, we talked about it and we're going to play it safe. Um, you know, we're going to wear masks as much as we can and wipe everything down, but we're sick and tired of these fucking zoom calls together. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, and then eventually maybe we'll get guests in, but you know, easy does it. Everyone be safe out there. Uh, Corey, what have you been up to, man? Um, just like you said, with social distancing, since I'm a teacher, I teach, um, online, purely online. So that's been my life. I've been up super late, just like you're really tired of Zoom calls. Yeah, <laughs> essentially <laughs> looking at these tiny screens. Yeah, and then all the the kids are over it too. They they're already like in all their little assignments I've given them for the first week. They've said like I want to be back at school already, and it's an interesting experience for all of us. And then um, got tattooed yesterday. That was really oh, right. cool. Um, Why? Oh, tell tell Ross by who? No oh. big deal. Oh, I get I get tattooed by Jordan from Newfound Glory. So he like he's, that's really cool. Has he been? Are they been in the apartment? Not Jordan, but I have a good story about him later on when we go through the history of my show. Oh, I'll make awesome. a note of that. Yeah, he's uh, a positive, a positive, a positive story. Great guy. Not a not a bad story. Yeah, that's all super I've heard. Rad, other dude. than the other than the asshole they kicked out, but we won't mention him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, let me write that. Super down. rad guy though. Story. Like he's yeah. he's re- he's really good with line work. So. I'm always happy with what he does. And we can't, we can't tell anyone what it is because it's kind of associated like, with some big news that's coming out pretty yeah. soon. <laughs> and that's even like a spoiler. But anyways. Ooh, I want to um, know. Um, I, I, last night, I went to a really, really fancy dinner. I went to this place called the White House. Not the actual White House. It's in, um, it's in Anaheim, like down the street from Disneyland. Was yeah. it huge? Huge. It's huge. It's, it's actually pretty big. Yeah. Um, it looks, it's white. It looks like a white, like the white house, not like a replica, but it's, it's very fancy. Um, and sad story. Like, uh, it, the owner is a great guy. He actually came up to us and said, hi, and my, him and, and my Nana like totally hit it off of course. And, um, he gives, uh, he feeds a lot of homeless, I think children in particular, but like the homeless in general, which is just awesome. And, his his uh, the the restaurant burned down like a few years ago. Oh, like, I heard you know, about that. Not too yeah. long ago, yeah. And so um, it was really devastating. But the city pulled together, and he was able to rebuild. And then COVID hit, which was like terrible. But he's been able to like kind of rebound and figure out how to do it. And they did a great job. And the food, oh my god, it was just uh, we didn't even have an entree. All we ate was basically appetizers and desserts and and lots of booze, lots of fancy wines. Um, but unofficial sponsor, the white house, Dude, the white I, would, I would love <laughs> to have them be the white. official sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, is, um, I'm looking this up. Is the orange County mining company still in business? Um, I don't know, but I, I've been there. That's yeah. a great view. A beautiful view. Yes. Yeah. I went to, I don't think it was my like prom, but I went, I dated someone that was in at a different school that had, I think their prom there and it was pretty awesome. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking it up. It opens at five o'clock today. It is still open. There you go. Cool. Well, shout out to the mining company. That's another great place. I don't think it's as, yes. as expensive as the White House, but it's it's you're gonna pay a pretty penny up there though. But the view's worth it. Um, cool. I'll take Nana so she'll pay for it. There you go. All right, <laughs> let's get into the episode. We have a, a record to review. 
Green Day, father of all motherfuckers. Of course, they put the word motherfucker on their album. Of course, Green Day did that. Um, and we're also speaking to the so-called biggest Green Day fan of all time. Let's get into that first before, like, because we got to do a little backstory on this record before we set yeah. it up. Yeah, we got three hours to kill. Dude. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> in, yeah. In, in one minute, tell me everything that happened to you in Green Day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, start from the beginning. When did you, like, first hear them? Was it in high school, like junior high? Like, I don't... When was it? How how old do you think I am? High school. Give me a break, Robert. That's when um, I started listening to him. I remember it was 1994. I was 11 years old in sixth grade, and I saw the video on MTV, and I didn't like it. The first time I saw it, I said, who are these British guys, and what kind of music? I thought they were British, too, when I first heard them, too. Yep. Yeah. And then I watched it again, the Longview video, and again. And again, because all I did my whole life since before, you know, before even in elementary school was watch MTV all day. I loved videos. I loved recording the songs on my tape recorder, listen to on my cassette player. Um, and then as I kept watching this video, I said, actually, this is pretty cool. Because before then, the only real rock band I liked besides hearing like a radio song was Aerosmith. I had like a lot of Aerosmith <laughs> cassettes. I liked them a lot. And then all of a sudden Green A came out. I said, this is like really cool. And then a couple of weeks went by or months and then the basket case video came out and that was what did me. And I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, this is my, this is something that like, blew my mind. I had never heard anything like it. I mean, uh, great video. It sounds kind of weird. I, I grew up liking like really animated people like Pee Wee Herman. Oh. And for some reason, and for some reason, a young Billy Joe kind of reminded me of him in a way, just yeah. his antics. Which I learned yeah. later on is like or was because he was on drugs most of the time. But <laughs> and Peter Herman's just a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, to an eleven year old, it just seems like he's like a funny, wacky guy. So I went out and I got really lucky because there was a uh, we moved to Long Island, uh, and so uh, that year in sixth grade from New York from Brooklyn, and I didn't know where to buy an album. So my parents just took me to the closest record store. Lucky for me, it was an indie store, and I said, "Hey, do you have this Green Day album?" And they said, "Well, we have all three. What do you mean all three? That's their first album, right? I said, oh no, there's two other cool albums. Do you want all three of them? So I'm like, okay, cool. So I bought all three cassettes. I went home and listened to them. I went home and listened to them. And I said, Dookie is cool, but Kerplunk and 39 Smooth blew my mind. Yeah. And I went to school the next day and I told all my friends and they said, they don't have two other albums. You're lying. I said, I, I, said, I promise you I'm not lying. And they said, bring it in then. I said, there's no way I'm bringing these in. You're going to steal them. So yeah. for weeks, no one believed me until an MTV news report came out just about Green Day and their tour. And they showed a bunch of fans, old school fans, complaining how they sold out and they were holding pictures of Kerplunk. That's and funny. I said, see, the cover of the cassette I have from one of their other records. There um, it is. And then throughout my life, I mean, people probably think this about a lot of artists that they love growing up. It seemed like as the records came out, almost in a way that it almost seemed like Billy Joe not was like reading my diary or something, but he was going through the same things I was going through, even though he was a decade older than me. Yeah. I think so many people love their music because you can relate to, to so many different things about being, you know, being, you know, they just touch on all the deep topics about you as a person and developing who you're going to be the rest of your life and different feelings of, you know, it's just like they go deep. It's not just like happy songs about partying, as and, you know, yeah. not just fuck the government. Well, and and those. It's like, it's like, uh, a, yeah. like inspirational. Duke, Dookie was, Dookie was one of my favorites. Like that. I had that. I remember getting that record on cassette or that album on cassette. And it was at like green colored cassette one of my friends, oh, it's blue. Yeah, it's or blue. blue, it's blue or whatever it was. Yeah. One of my friends in a Christian um, 
camp one time. We we were there when we were kids, and he we were at Atlantis Park, which is this like park cool out park. in Garden Grove. Out it's really Atlanta. cool, yeah. Um, and we were you know in on the playground, and he was like, "Hey, you want to hear something cool?" And he like pulls out Dookie, and I looked at the freaking oh, God. like it was a drug, like a I, joint. Yeah, that he I, I remember looking at the freaking cover of it, and I'm like, "This is totally not what I'm supposed to be listening to." So I want to, and like Dookie go. was like it. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you guys the, the 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 event that made them superstars was Woodstock. Once they did that Woodstock performance, they were a household name overnight. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Before that, before then, from the Longview video till August till Woodstock, it was just kind of like growing slowly. As soon as that happened, it was insane. And I never looked back. Yeah. I'll just speed up a little bit. So I wait, wait and, one second. I was yeah. I was in New York during Woodstock when that was happening. I was in Cooperstown. Just FYI, oh, I thought man. that was kind of cool. I remember yeah, that. I wasn't happening. allowed to. I, I wasn't allowed to go to that. I it was, wasn't, I was that, it wasn't that far either. So yeah. sorry. Continue. Yes. Yeah, so fast no, forward. I wish, I wish. So uh, <laughs> my first concert with Green Day was oh, yeah. uh, that was that same year. It was uh, December second, nineteen ninety four, at Nassau Coliseum. Oh. We were like in section 300, horrible seats. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my, 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 I was with both my parents. I wasn't going to go try to run down into the mosh pit or anything. <laughs> um, but then a year later, when Insomniac came out, they came back to Nassau Coliseum. And I went with my friend's mom. And we were in section 200 something, a little bit closer. There you go. And Billy Joe kept kept insisting that everyone come down to the pit. There was plenty of room. <laughs> oh, yeah. And my, friend's mom, and my friend's mom wouldn't let us go either. Oh. So two shows. And those are the only two Green Day shows I ever sat in a seat. And then Nimrod came out, and the first thing they did in New York, where I'm from, is they played at Tower Records, very famous show now. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were we waited nine hours. Wow. And back then, not, back then, nine hours was a long time. Now people <laughs> no wait, cell phones. Now people, now people wait 900 hours. Yeah. So <laughs> we waited nine hours in line. It was November, freezing cold, winter. Um, couple hundred people. As soon as I opened the doors, everybody was crowding from all all over the streets. People are trying to get into this thing. We barely made it in. We were on the bottom floor. Green Day played up the staircase on the top of Tower Records. And there's a video on YouTube. You can see the whole performance. Uh, giant mosh pit, of course. I had never seen anything like it before or experienced that just from, you know, me being in a pit. Billy Joe came down the stairs and we carried him over to the to the to the uh, windows where he took a can of spray paint and wrote "fuck you" on the window. And then he also uh, there was like a Foo Fighters ad for "color in the shape" and he drew some stuff on that also. Uh, so it was it was total chaos. And then at the end of the performance, Trey took his drums and he threw them over the balcony and he like thousands of dollars of CDs and they were banned from Tower Records for like over a decade. They were not allowed to do any oh signings there. Wow. And, they canceled, and they canceled that autograph session um, after that performance that night. They're like, yeah, no, you're all getting, you're all off to go home. There's yeah. no way we're going to let the band do an autograph signing now. So that, that, so that was like, at that point, the coolest thing of Green I'd ever seen in my life. I'm in a mosh pit and it was only like seven or eight songs, but it didn't matter. I finally knew what it was like to be in like with that kind of energy, you know? Yeah, it's um, incredible. I did a few Nimrod shows, and then Warning came out, and I went to a bunch of those. Um, Pop disaster with with blinking green okay, day was so cool. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt. That was the first time I ever saw Green Day was Pop Disaster tour. And yeah, that I was mean, cool because that was like the the my that was the I got into Blink uh, around Dude Ranch and then Enema, and then when Pop Disaster came out, that was like Take Off Your Pants, which like, at that point, then you have like three amazing albums in a row from Blink, so oh, yeah. that was like the coolest tour to go to, you know? Who uh, was, I, I saw Jimmy Eat World open that that tour too, did you see them too? 
I saw thing. Jimmy World and then Saves the Day. I think they switched off because they played two days like in a row. Oh wow, that's that's cool. I didn't get the same yeah. Saves the Day, but yeah, that kind of turned me on to Jimmy World too. Like I'd heard him on K Rock, but I was like, oh shit, these guys are really good live. But and I remember, you know, and I remember uh, they Blink and Green Day like switched off different shows. Like one would close and one, you know, they would switch. And Green not Day, for my shows. I went to four of them. <laughs> it was always Blink closing, but I didn't care. Oh, uh, all right. Mine was we had to, we we didn't know and Blink closed. So we watched all of Green Day and then we watched like three songs in Blink and they were goddamn terrible. I still love Blink to this day, but they were, they were terrible live and we left. Yeah, <laughs> we were over it. Uh, I mean, that's their thing. They're, they're, they've always been terrible lives. It's not a secret. Yeah. So continue. I mean, they haven't gotten it. They haven't gotten any better, but I think, it's, oh, I think that's um, been the only time I've else? seen Green Day though. I think that's the only time I've ever seen them. I have never seen them. And that I makes me sad, Robert. Too. Sorry. And, and you, Corey, you, Corey, you're both making me sad. I know. I'm sad myself. Now you, now you never, now you won't until 2027 at this point. Um, <laughs> so actually yeah. one of, uh, really quick, one of yeah. the coolest, one of the, the probably the coolest thing about Pop Disaster was we went in Connecticut and they had a radio festival that day in the parking lot. So you were able to go to that festival and then go and watch the Green Day Blink show. Um, I don't know. How, I don't remember. It was so long ago. I don't know if you had to buy two separate tickets to go to both events, but we went to both. And during the day, we had they had a whole festival. It was like Mess and uh, Remy Zero, if you remember them, and all oh, bunch yeah. of old rock bands at like Rin Law. So it was like a whole day of music, and then Jimmy World, Green Day, and Blink at night. It was wow. so cool. That's like a mini war. So there was like a, a pop disaster. Yeah, it was like pop disaster plus other bands the rest of the day. That That's was really cool. Um, so then, uh, so after pop disaster, they they went away for a while, and then they came back with the network, which was cool. Their little side project. Um, and then when American Idiot came out, I moved here. I finished college. Perfect timing. I was here for uh, one week with my mom and dad helping me move into my apartment. And that week, my mom and I kept calling K-Rock to win tickets to their first show at the Henry Fonda Center, or Henry Fonda Theater. They were going to do the first show ever to debut American Idiot in its entirety. And my mother actually won, not even me. So obviously we transferred the tickets to me because she wasn't going to go to that. I sold them. I got to see the first step. Sorry, I got to see the first ever, uh, the first ever American Idiot uh, performance of the of the album in its entirety, and That's then I think amazing. at the end of the day, I got to see it four times. I got to see it four times. Uh, once at Storytellers at VH1, once at the Wiltern, they did like an AOL special at the Wiltern, um, and then that time at the Henry Fonda, and then there was one other one that slips my mind right now, but. To this day, it's my favorite album of all time. Lyrically, musically, I think that was like the the peak of Green Day. Even I'll admit it as a super fan. I don't think they'll ever top that, but <laughs> hopefully they'll get close. Yeah. Um, so American Idiot, and this is why we're getting up to follow uh, to Father of All. So American Idiot came out and introduced Green Day to a whole bunch of new people, like twelve year olds that had never heard of Dookie, didn't know what I had just experienced the past day. Oh, then they followed up with Twenty First Century Breakdown, which was also a great album. Great you know, it's kind of similar. Another. Another concept album, you know, really cool, really, you know, deep lyrics, really serious album. That was my favorite Green Day tour they ever did because every night they would mix up the set list. They're not a band usually that that mixes it up. They'll play the same songs for 20 years because they have so many hits. But yeah, that tour, crazy. almost almost every single night, they would play like seven or eight rare songs they never did live. Wow. And, and then the next day, they would play seven or eight more. And that's really cool because sort of a super fan, you wait your whole life to hear these songs and like finally just like pour them out, you know, and I went to like maybe five or six of those. So here's when we, where we get to more of like today. So Green Day were, they got kind of tired of just doing the concept album thing. They did it twice already. So they went back and they recorded my favorite, the trilogy, 37 songs, 
most of them straight rock and roll. Almost every song had a guitar solo like they used to do back on you know, yeah. the first record, 39 Smooth. I thought it was fun. It was cool. That song Nightlife with Lady Cobra, more of like a hip hop song that they tried to do, which I loved. And it was just really good. It was really creative. It got me excited. It was amazing to listen to in the car. There was just bits and pieces of all the Green Day discography in one. But something happened. The new fans didn't like it because they were used to American Idiot and 21st Century Breakdown. Yep. And that's what they expected from New Green Day. I'm sure they knew that they had other albums, but they probably thought these are our two favorite because we're younger. This is what we listen to a lot. Well, they'll, they'll just keep making the same kind of record, but they usually don't do that. So they stripped it down and just made a rock and roll record. A lot of people didn't like it. And he went to rehab and they didn't even get to tour for the album either. You know, so the three albums came out. I didn't know that. No one really cared. They didn't get to make any music videos for it or anything. Hmm. So what happened was after that, and this is not, I don't know, you know, I'm not, I don't know if this is true. This is from my fan experience. I think what happened was a lot of people didn't like it and Billy Joe took it to heart. And then all of a sudden he came back two years later, actually four years later with a uh, revolution radio. Now this was the first time in my life. I didn't love a green day album because I didn't believe it. I didn't feel like these were the songs he wanted to make. He went from doing rock and roll to kind of taking bits and pieces of American Idiot, 21st Century Breakdown, and Dookie, and just kind of putting it together in these songs. And the lyrics weren't that great, and he reused a lot of old melodies and a lot of old lyrics from other albums. And it just didn't hit me, and that made me really upset, because I wanted to hear a whole record of, like, you know, he went to rehab, like, for for prescription drugs. What was that? Yeah. What was that like? How does he feel now about himself? The only song on that record that he didn't, Still Breathing, which is probably my favorite song on the record. That was the only song about, like, not giving up. You know, the rest of it just seemed kind of forced, in my opinion. And they even added a song at the end of the album, Ordinary World, the closer, which he used from a movie he starred in a year earlier. There's a movie called Ordinary World. It's on Netflix. And so Billy Joe is the lead in the movie. Yeah, he's the lead in the movie. It's called Ordinary World. And so he wrote a couple of songs for that movie. That's one of the songs he plays in the movie. So it's okay because it's a Green Day. He wrote it, but I think it's kind of weird and cheap to put it on a Green Day record also. Yeah, it was kind of weird. So after that came out, they went on tour, Revolution Radio tour, big tour. I went to like a million of those. And then I was telling you uh, before, Robert, then he put out the long shot. Yeah. And that album blew my freaking mind. I said, this is literally what I thought the next album was going to sound like after the trilogy. Yeah. It sounds almost like the next logical step. And not only is he rocking out on these songs, he's now singing again about what I wanted him to sing about on Revolution Radio. He's talking about he's he's sober now. He's not on drugs, but he misses, you know, the good times. He's kind of bored now. You know, he doesn't know like what to, what to do in life now that he's not partying anymore, you know? Kind of like the party's over record. Did you go to and, did uh, you go to the the I know they played that album at like the Roxy, right? Did you go to that? Well, it wasn't the Roxy. I, I went to I'm crazy. Oh, I know I'm crazy. I went to I went to all seven SoCal shows yeah, for the long shot. For sure. They played they played at the, they played at the Redwood, which fits a hundred people. Yeah. Wow. Um they played at the uh over in Orange County at the uh Oh, what's it called? Now, the Wayfair. Wayfair. Oh, Wayfair. Wayfair. Wow. That's, That's what a, it was. Not. Yeah, yeah. they played okay. Wayfair. They played the Observatory. They played the Observatory, yeah. which made me mad because they moved it to the big room. It was supposed to be in the little room. Oh, um, yeah. That's still a cool venue. They, That's a great yeah. venue. I went out to Pioneer Town in Palm Springs to see them. And then they played in Santa Ana at La Santa, which is like a newer place. It's like underground. It feels like you're in like a basement. Oh, and I then, think I know where that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
and they played the Terragram. And I was telling Robert before, Corey, not only did he play the album in full, because Longshot only yeah. have a couple of songs and covers, he played three to four songs a night from the trilogy. That's so cool. Something. When Green Day play live now, they don't play any songs from the trilogy. Yeah. Wow. So what does that tell you? Those songs are the songs he actually loves, but he doesn't play them because he thinks nobody wants to hear them. <laughs> yeah. He even, sure. he, even made a com- he even made a comment on one of the shows, and he said he was playing Missing You, which is track two on Trey. He said, this is a song... He goes, he goes, we released a few albums a couple years ago, 37 songs that nobody really liked, but I really like them and I love this song specifically. So he even said it on stage yeah. that he thinks no one likes those albums. But meanwhile, he played all these shows and every freaking person was screaming the words to all these Green Day songs so he played sick. because we know them and we love them, you know? Yeah. Just not the main well, stream. You know? I, think, I think that, yeah, the people who love their music the most and it resonates with the most were probably at that long shot show so they were you know oh yeah totally down for it i had two or three people recently who i've been pushing trilogy on come back to me and say look when it came out i didn't like it but they admitted i didn't really listen to it i gave it like one or two listens i gave up they went back because of me and now they're obsessed i'm going back i'll go back you know it's like newfound glory coming home sometimes you gotta go back and listen to it you know oh yeah yeah, that one's still, I don't, I don't know, that one's still kind of rough, but I hear you. That's what you know, I mean, an example of like an album that's kind of yeah. like different and you don't like it at first. Um, anyway, so let's get to today. Yes. So, and and it's weird for me to say anything negative. For Revolution Radio, I would have never said anything. I loved every album, you know, I still do. But I just don't listen to that one as much as the others. You know, I go, my, my mind, it goes... Idiot, 21st Century, Trilogy, Long Shot. I usually skip over Revolution Radio. Yeah, okay. But many, 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 many Green Day fans who I've spoken to who are like a decade or, or even younger love it because that's what they wanted, you know? Yeah. So they got what they wanted. That's so, what they heard on K-Rock. So Father of All. So I was worried when I even heard the name of the album because I said, you know what? I said, he's not going to make another trilogy because he doesn't. he's afraid and he yeah. just did that with Long Shot. So what's he going to do? I'm like, is he going to just do another Revolution Radio? And I'm not going to like it either. Um, So instead, as you heard, he just did something completely crazy. And they just made an album of songs that, I mean, I don't even know how really had to describe the sound. I guess they they kind of like tried to do something completely different in every way. I kind of of found myself comparing it a lot to... um, to like the hives or something that's like exa- some that's weird the fucking one band yeah. i was gonna compare them to you like a weird it, hybrid of like strokes the hive strokes the like bravery even ki- sentiments of like the killers almost like yeah yeah well first of all so he's been getting into a lot of like 70s rock now like yeah. johnny thunders new york dolls so first of all johnny thunders the big album he had was lamf which is like a motherfucker yeah and i'm pretty oh. sure that's where billy joe got father of all motherfuckers yeah. from because he's always talking about it now johnny thunders he just did a cover recently he released of his so i just think he was really really influenced by the by the 70s rock and uh and some 60s stuff and he put together this record with that said well, I don't know. Do we do, you do track by track, or what do you do? Do you just no, talk about no, that? I mean, let's, let, let's talk about like a few that we really like. I mean, um, oh, okay. what well, I mean, uh, we Sorry. we also like to talk about like the uh, like a handful of bands that we think kind of sound like the album. Like Corey just yeah, like three bands, maybe three albums that you maybe think it sounds like. I don't even. I don't even know because all I all I usually listen to is pop punk, so I don't even know what it would yeah. sound like. I'll, I'll tell you that. Here, we'll start with this. So when I first when I heard the first single, 
Yeah. I said, what, what the heck? I said, what the heck is this? Because yes. I don't like falsetto. I don't like Portugal <laughs> the man. I don't like Portugal the man. Billy Joe like shit in falsetto. So Prince. I don't like Prince. I don't like Robin Robin Thicke. That song. <laughs> Any, I don't like anyone that's falsetto. It, it immediately bothers me. Immediately. So the second I heard him doing that in the intro, I said, "What? What?" I, I couldn't believe it. I said, "What is he doing? This doesn't even sound like really good. Yeah. Kind of sounds like Mickey Mouse in a way, you know." <laughs> yeah. So I said, "Okay, as long as he doesn't do that for the whole album, I'll give it a chance." But that song, it grew on me. But again, it's not like my favorite Green Day song of all time. It's yeah. not the song father of all. Maybe if he didn't sing in that voice, it would be a little bit better and it would sound a little bit more like a typical Green Day song. But I guess that was the idea to make something like completely like different. I guess he figured like, I was thinking about this before, when you're a bigger band like Newfound Glory or like, yeah. uh, or uh, MXPX, you know, and you're uh, your fans, unfortunately, want to hear the same album over they and do. over again. Yeah, yeah. If you give them an album that doesn't sound like that, they might disappear. Yeah. And those yeah. bands can't really afford to do that. Green Day can afford to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. True. So they released this record because that's what he felt like making if he loses some fans. It's a luxury. What does he, what does he care? They're still going to come to see them on tour to hear this. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. True. Um, what does it sound like to me? Probably just everything you already named. The, the yeah, hives strokes, and the strokes yeah. and the, the, white, the white stripes. Yeah, white stripes too. Also, well, I don't even. Yeah, sorry, Ron. What were you saying? It's all right. I also want to say um, it was uh, produced by uh, Butch Walker, um, yes, who's huge. a notorious. Yeah, he's yeah. a great, great producer. Um, here, I'll bring up a few of his tracks. Um, it makes sense because he's definitely like a rock, rock and roll type producer, yeah. and that's definitely what yeah. this, this record is for sure. Um, and then they also have uh, here. I'll get to him in a second. But like Butch Walker, let's see. He just got done with Adam Lambert, so he's 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 coming up on life uh, all time. Here I'll go to the very bottom because like how he started out or some of the disco, the songs with them. Academy is or uh, yeah, the Academy is man. I haven't heard them in a long time. Fallout Boy, Ara <laughs> Levine, um, Pink yeah. did a lot of Pink, pink stuff. Yeah. Um, so he's been around for a while. So I want to give I like I like Butch Walker. Um, no, that was cool. I mean, the, uh, they, they recorded it. Um, even the recording to me doesn't sound that good. I said that in the review sheet he gave me. It doesn't sound oh. as clear as like an American Idiot or a Dookie. Yeah. It sounds a little bit, but maybe that was the sound they were that's, going yeah, for. Yeah, I think that's the style. Garage. I actually, that's the one thing I kind of liked about it. I this We'll get into the songs in a little bit in a second, but yeah. like the tone of the whole record, it sounds like a million dollar record. I don't know how much money they spent on this, but they spent, it sounds like they spent a lot of money on it. And um, I, I I don't know. It sounds good to me. <laughs> well, let's go in order then. So Corey and Robert. So what do yeah. you think of the title track? Does it, does it bother you that he sings in falsetto or do you don't really care? I, so let me say this, the backstory <laughs> too. So green day, they signed like a big contract with the NHL, right? Like they weren't they like the official band. Of- yeah. That's for track two. We'll get to that one. But yeah. <laughs> okay. And I feel like this one and the second list, the first two songs sound exactly the same to me. It felt like it yeah. was just like a continuation of the first song. And I feel like a handful of the songs, including the first two, were basically written for TV, not even like for radio, like for yeah. for sports, for in between commercials, like yeah, car commercials, stuff like that. So and they are commercials, so you're right. And, so, that's, uh, and that's where yeah. the fucking money is. So I'm not like docking them yeah. so much, but because they're supposed to be like punk rock, you know, OG punk rock guys, but yeah. they're they're fucking bringing it in with those songs. So Corey, what you what do you think of like the first two? The uh, the yeah. first two tracks are yeah. like, I 
when they busted out Father of All, I was super shocked. Like you said, like just I, I was not expecting such a like. <laughs> it was like rock and roll. Like I'm so used to like punk Green Day. Yeah. Like so, it took me by surprise. So the first two songs on the record, I was just like, I was kind of taken aback by because I was like, wow, they came out of the gates like hot with like the pop rock deal going on. And they're not unfamiliar to pop. I mean, they had like American Idiot is pretty like it has some pop element, too. But like these two with that, like it sounded like it belonged on K-Rock. And I was like, wow. I mean, they've had songs on K-Rock, but they're The K-Rock deep. that we know. The K-Rock yeah. now is, is fucking 102.7. Yeah, yeah. In the, but yeah. Let me, let me stop you right there. I read an article. K-Rock is the only... They're, they're, they don't want to go by K-Rock anymore. The new manager says that when they do the call letters on the radio, the DJs, they have to say K-R-O-Q only. Never K-Rock. Only what? K-R-O-Q. Wow. Because they're veering away from rock music. They will, they have been for years, but now they really are. Well, so they, yeah, they if you fired them. Now you listen to it now they'll oh they will only say it you're listening to kroq that's it that's interesting really i'm gonna listen for it i don't listen to it very often but every once in a while i'll like all right what are they playing it's usually pretty terrible what do you say it's chili peppers what do you mean that's basically what they're oh, playing yeah. now <laughs> the track so track two is called fire ready aim that's what you're talking about that's the one that's on the nhl they do they have the video for it and they they play it in all the the hockey league like okay. the commercials and during the games I, I, I kind of agree with you. It, it's similar to the first song. There's no lyrically. Yeah. There's nothing really there. It's just kind of like a song, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just expect more because I'm like the big, you know, I'm one of the biggest fans that I know of in the world. Like I expect, yeah. I mean, I'll, I, I don't know. I expect really deep lyrics and he usually puts meaning every song pretty much ever that he's written so yeah. it was just shocking yeah. for me to hear that you know the third the third track oh yeah i think is oh, my, let's get to that one yeah is my favorite i weirdly it's i don't think creatively it's like the best but for some reason that duh yeah that line he does it yeah. gets me every time i want to hear that so bad um, that's in a phone commercial now Oh, there you go. It's kind of like an anthem. It's an anthem song for sure. Like they expected people to like be, you know, singing that out loud. Corey, your internet sucks. Oh, I apologize. (laughs) Corey. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um, they changed the name of the song the last minute. I forgot what it was going to be called, but it's called Oh Yeah Now. And I was telling Robert, Corey, they sampled Joan Jett. Do you want to touch me there? That's where the Oh Yeah came from in the song. So they're just sampling Joan Jett and and writing verses over the, 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 you know. So it's really half Joan Jett, half Green Day song, which is kind of weird. They've never, they've never openly sampled a song before like that. I was just going to ask you if they've ever done that before. So there you go. Sometimes they'll give people credits like, uh, you know, the, um, the struts, you know, like their one big song should have been me. Yeah. Got, yeah. So Billy Joe, uh, you know, still breathing from revolution radio. I don't know. What's, I don't know that one. That was like their big, you listen to it later. So it, it sounded, it sounded so much like the struts song that he had to credit them in the liner notes. Oh, huh. wow. <laughs> so, it's, so yeah, so you had to legally give Actually, them credit. Right, let's, yeah. let's, let's skip ahead a little bit because I was pointing this out earlier. I, I can't really play it on live right now on the air, but yeah. Sugar Youth. Um, during It's not like the chorus. It's like maybe like the post-chorus. I don't even know what it's called, but it's like It's okay. I know it sounds stupid, but it sounds... I think it sounds just like Block Party's Silent Alarm. 
I don't even know that song, but you, who knows? you'll know it. It's Block Party's like biggest song like they ever put out. Uh, I mean, at this point, there's only so many chords you can yeah. play, I, really. And I totally get that. <laughs> like, I writing songs, I totally get that. But this, one, yeah, there's only so many songs. Every can... once in a while, though, like it, it gets pretty. And, and his vocal line is nothing like the Block Party song, but it's just the beat of the drum and the guitar. It's just yeah. it's super close. So. Um, me on the roof, and, and I, I like was that one too. Sorry, player. I like it too. <laughs> yeah, so Meet Me on the Roof is track four, and and they have a video for that with um the kid from Stranger Things. I forgot his name now. I think um, I did see that. And that's a pretty fun video. I like the song. It's different. It's unique. It's fun. Um, and then track five, I was a teenage teenager. I love that song. I don't like the name. I think it's yeah, kind of stupid. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> but, I, but I like the song because at least it's something different. I don't know. Do you guys agree with those two? Do you, do you know offhand, like, Meet Me on the Roof is upbeat. It's kind of, like, jingly. And then I Was a Teenage Teenager is slower. I think I yeah, like okay. I Was a Teenage Teenager probably more. Just it's it's catchy. It's a ca- oh, definitely yeah. catchy okay, song. So I'm t- I'm That's ter- a weezer one. I'm yeah. terrible in general with titles of songs. Even with mm-hmm. Thursday and Four Year Strong, my favorite two bands. Like I I couldn't tell you their titles. So you're way a bigger fan of Green Day as I am to my bands. I'm also so, looking at it. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm looking at mine too, but I, I just gotta hear it. Like once I hear like the first like yeah. two beats, I'm like, okay, that song. Okay, yeah. that song. That's how I recognize songs. So yeah, um, the the teenager song. I do like the bass. I, I I'll give a shout out to Green Day that. And, and a little bit to blink, but mostly Green Day. I started playing bass before I played guitar, and I learned from Mike Dirt. Like, it's like, yeah. is, that, is that how you pronounce it? Dirt? Dirt? Yeah, Dirt. Dirt? Dirt. dirt, dirt. Um, I mean, it was com- it's, they're complicated, but very simple bass lines that, I mean, he's he has songs that are pretty complicated, but then he's got some, you know, the hits. Um, are, oh, yeah. It's just straight up pop rock chords and progressions that just make you learn like oh that note goes to that and these notes don't go with that one and and then when you learn the uh the, the long view right that's the famous bass line yeah i mean yeah, that, he, came, he came up with that on acid <laughs> so crazy that's great i mean yeah. when you're when you're a bass player and you finally figured that out you don't keep playing i think i still know how to play it it doesn't it never yeah goes um, so um that, that the teenage teenager that that song reminds me of like a weezer song Okay. Song. I, I, that crossed my mind a little bit too. Yeah. And uh, meet me on the roof. Just said one more, one more thing on that one. Mm-hmm. I like that song. You know what I don't like about the song? The falsetto he does the end <laughs> at certain part, at certain points. You hate that falsetto. You know, in the beginning, I'm crawling on the dance floor. Dance floor. I hate that. I wish they would have just took that part out. <laughs> what's the one? What's the song where he, he calls out the cholos? I'm hanging out with the cholos. Oh, we'll get to that one. That's coming uh, up soon, too. One, uh, when I heard that's that, awesome. he sang it, I was song. like, wait, did he just say cholos? And yeah, I rewound so it, and I was like, weird. yeah, he definitely said cholos. That's weird. Okay. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. That's the same song. That's just the next verse. I'm cholos? hanging with the Yeah, they, like, yeah. they call it out, too, or something. Yeah. Very um, so here's my So here's my issue. We're, we're already more than halfway through the record, which yeah. is this the new standard? Because it looks like every band ever is releasing 10-song albums, which I think is stupid. I, I hate that, too. It's pretty small for them, yeah. And especially because, Every band's doing that though. I see every Fallout Boy did that. Weezer's doing that. A new fan, they're all doing that. I don't know if if it's like because people have short attention spans and they want to release really singles or what. What do you think is a good number for an album? I mean, Green Day, the, the lowest amount they ever did was twelve, and the highest was eighteen. They usually put out a couple of yeah. songs a record, not ten. You know, ten, uh, 10 is like the bar for me. Like that barely counts as a record. I think twelve is like the minimum you should. Yeah, do. yeah, for I, sure. I hear you. <laughs> Especially when, your song, especially when your songs are like average two minutes long. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, this album is 26 minutes. That's crazy. That That's is a pretty so short sure. record. Yeah. 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 So here's what bothers me. So track six, Stab You in the Heart. And this is me being really 
fan, fanny. A normal Green Day fan wouldn't know this, so it wouldn't bother them. But it bothers me. So Stabbing in the Heart, if you remember, Robert, it's the one that sounds like Beatles, you know? Yeah. It's got like yeah. the, the total 60s sound. I want to stab you in the heart. So Yeah, it has that. So, here, yeah. so, so here's, let me tell you the history behind this song and why it bothers me that it's on this album. <laughs> okay. In 2013, seven years ago, Billy Joe was hired to write the soundtrack to a musical called These Paper Bullets. It was about a fictional 60s group called the Quattros. It's supposed to be like the Beatles, the, the, the musical. That's why that's, you know, that's why. This. Anyway, so I yeah. went to see this musical. It came to L.A. in 2014. It was playing over at UCLA. Um, Stab You in the Heart is one of the songs from the musical oh, what? that he wrote that he wrote seven years ago. Oh. Now the lyrics are different. He changed it up a little bit. And you can hear this if you look up these paper bullets on YouTube. They have the whole soundtrack on there, including the song. So when you have seven years in between the musical and now to make a new album, it really bothers me that you re-recorded a song you wrote for a soundtrack and put it on your new True. album. Like, there's only 10 songs. Did you not have another song that would fit on there? Like, why does that one have to go on this record? Right. Very weird. That's kind of lazy. So, other songs for the Quattros for that musical are on the Longshot record, but that's okay because that's not a Green Day record, you know? Yeah, okay. That's okay. The first song on that record, I, mean, I sent it to you the last time, the intro to that Longshot record. That's yeah. one of the songs from that musical also. But when you send me that, okay. I, yeah. I listened to the green this one, uh, one uh, twice. I always, When I do a review, I always try to least, least listen to it yeah. twice. And um, and I was done listening to it, and then you sent me that album. And I was like, oh, this is what I like. I'd like this more than what I was just listening to. And exactly. It's, it's the same kind of style. Yeah. Like, It's definitely 50, 60. It's not, let's say this. I, I'd like it. It's really cool, but it's not Green Day. Like, it's not the Green Day that I know. And I know that's you're the die, die Hard fan, and I am kind but of the KRMQ fan. So, but it's, it's, I feel like that album, the Longshot record, is more like Green Day than this album is yeah, like. For True. Sure. Yeah, I will agree with that. Yes. So, what do you guys think? Then stab you in the heart. If you didn't know that whole backstory, do you like it as a song? Is it no, fun for you? No, it, it definitely <laughs> no. stuck out a little bit for me too. It was it like, did, what is this? It did sound like old like it, it was like drew you know like you said he drew influences from further back it just felt kind of out of place like with some of the other stuff but um did you see um they did a musical of uh, american idiot right yeah oh yeah i flew to new york to see billy joe in the musical wow how was that so i was gonna good. ask you that earlier What's funny is you're in a musical with all these trained professionals <laughs> and, and, and you're still better he oh, was wow. Still I thought it was going to go the other way. Wow, that's crazy. No, not that's acting, but it's singing. Yeah, I mean, he's a different voice than a Broadway voice. You know, because I, I was expecting almost like the Hamilton thing, because I, I love, uh, what's his name? The Hamilton dude? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like, I love Hamilton that guy. Dude. And he's a genius, like, genius level of punk rock to Billy Joel to musicals, but I don't yeah. think he should have starred in it. Like, he got shown no. up by everyone else on that fucking stage. But it's good, yeah. it's good to hear that he, could, he, could, he had the chops, man. He was there for a while, he, almost a year, and then Davy Havoc did it for a little while, what? and then Melissa, and then Melissa Etheridge, which is random, and then they just had like you know regular. Wow, that's kind of cool. Over. I never knew that. Yeah. So um, um, let's keep going. Yeah. Oh, so do you like the song then or no? no. Of course, said no. I, I, no, I mean, I, I, I kind of was on my like shit list already on this record, but knowing yeah, they yeah. like kind of copied it from a previous record, that's lazy. Okay, so the next one is Sugar Youth, which is probably the most Green Day-ish sounding song on the record. You know, yeah. it has the three has the three chords, it has the melodies. 
what bothers me is like throughout this album, I tell you lyri- lyrically, it bothers me because I can't relate to anything he's talking about. It's not about life. It's not about love. It's not about change. It seems to be about nothing. So, and this is again, me being, this is why I wanted to do this album because these are things that you wouldn't know. So there's a really great song on 21st century breakdown called peacemaker. And it begins with, I've got a fever, a non-believer, I'm in a state of grace. So this song, Sugar Youth, part of the lyrics are, I've got a fever, a non-believer, and it's killing me. So you just reuse the lyrics from his old song again on this song. Like, why are you reusing your own lyrics? Kind of weird. I think, okay, <laughs> Ross, counting all the side projects and all the Green Day songs and all the covers and everything that Billy Joe himself has done, how many oh, so- yeah. how many songs do you think, or maybe you know, <laughs> how many has he done? Probably three hundred or less. Not that. Not like not like you know. Not like Rolling Stone. Not like Bob Dylan level. Probably like three hundred. And then top of like, he probably knows a lot of covers too. He probably knows Zeppelin and those kind of band songs too. So that's a lot of music to write and also keep in your head somewhat. I feel like the. Just, you're like it was decided before you run out of ideas and chord progressions and melodies. Yeah, basically, yeah. When, when it's already limited with everything else that's going out, I'm trying to like I'm comparing it to like my favorite band is Thursday, and yeah, they bro- I know you have the credit card. <laughs> Not, yeah, it's somewhere in my room. I, um, I so they broke up a few years back, and they've recently come like come back. And I don't think they're ever going to make another record. And I'm really happy about that. I, I'm glad okay. they just, they, they know they got the hits and they know their fans just want to hit, they, they can play those. And if they can do no, a full won't. album and maybe they can reach in and play the old first album that no one really likes, you know, and, <laughs> and I like that. It's kind of, it's, it, it kind of bums me out that like, it seems like Green Day should have just stopped. You know, they have, they have enough songs. I feel like. Well, that's what I was going to tell you later on in the review. I don't want him to ever stop. I want him to wait until he has something to sing about and to write about. Yeah. Okay. That That takes five years, seven years, 10 years. I don't care. Don't rush things just because, well, we'll get to that. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Don't rush it. Um, And you you think I'm nitpicky. So do you remember She's a Rebel from American Idiot? Yeah. Yeah. I know that one. You know the song, she's a rebel and she's dangerous. Yeah. On this song, he says, I got a feeling and it's dangerous. So people were mad because he stole the word dangerous and the melody from she's a rebel the exact same way for this song. Do you think, so he's, not- do you think he's like, <laughs> do you think he's conscious of it? Or are you just like, oh, that's a good, that's a good line. I should just put that in there. I don't know, but it's the exact, it's sung the exact same way. And it's the exact same word. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like he's doing, he's doing it multiple times. So it. Maybe. But he didn't do that before Revolution Radio, and that's my problem with it now. Is before that he never any that there was already you know eight, seven eight albums where he never really repeated himself that much. All right, all right. Before it, so I'm like you know what's yeah. going on. So did you like that song? I mean to me that sounds like the most that's still catchy. It's the most it green one. Yeah, it was it was a good one. Sugar Youth was. was Other than it sounded like Block yeah. Party, but yes, yeah. <laughs> I like hearing Which in I the do car. Like. Pumps. Um, yeah. So next is Junkies on a High, probably the craziest, most different song on the record. Okay. okay. Yeah, I like that one. intro. Like the intro yeah. is really cool. I, I I I will always go to bat for for Mike. So anything bass is yeah. I love everything bass. That, that song I like because I don't necessarily like the 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 melody, but I like what he's talking about. That's actually a real song. He's reflecting on other musicians that have died because of drug addiction, and you know he's questioning, could I be next? Yeah. So I like that. It's actually a real emotional song. Yeah. And he knows he's got a lot of friends. That's throughout the years. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. I didn't. Yeah. That you makes know, sense. 
So even so, it's weird because I like that song the least musically, but I feel like it's probably the strongest lyrically, which is weird. I've never that's never really happened before, you know. What do you think? Of, what do you do? You like that one, Corey? You don't even yeah, remember it. Yeah, <laughs> Junkies on a High. It has like a. I like the intro to it. Like if a song can, yeah, if a song can grab me at like the intro, then yeah, it's pretty good. I like that line. Little, little, uh, and knowing the backstory, I didn't realize that, but looking yeah. at the title, that makes you know, that makes sense. Yeah, too. he sings in the second uh, punk rock celebrity, or uh, I think the next one could be me. What's that? He's, uh, I was reading the lyrics. Oh, so, sorry, I thought you were talking about the track. I was like, what track? No, is no, that? he says, he says, he says, rock and roll tragedy. I think the next one could be yeah. me. Yeah, well, let's hope he doesn't, That's pretty hard, doesn't rebound. Yeah. He also wrote a song on the trilogy uh, called Amy, just for Amy Winehouse. He was wasn't he didn't even know her, but when she died, that hit him hard too. You know, she was only oh, twenty seven. Yeah. So he wrote a song also about that. So you know, I like that. I li- that's what I'm it's saying. It's like I like when he I like when he gets real. I want to hear real and not just writing on the radio. Yeah, I don't need to hear ready fire aim aim ready fire. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, really muted. Fuck, fuck the government. Fuck the government. Yeah. <laughs> so the track nine is take the money and crawl. I think this song is cool. Actually, I like this this song. Has the good and bad and the ugly intro, kind of. Oh, right, yeah. And I wait till it kicks in. It's really quick. It's like two chords. Yeah. Has like vocal distortion. You know, one thing I didn't like about... This song I like. Yeah, this is a good one. Uh, one thing I don't like about his vocals, though, and I, I do this with... I'll say this with, like, Newfound Glory, and especially, like, I think the most atrocious is Offspring, is the double <laughs> double vocals. When you, yeah, it's and it's prevalent throughout this entire thing that one track sounds kind of clean and there's maybe one behind it that's kind of dirty, but it's the same track. And it just, I don't know, man, just if you could sing, you don't need that shit behind you. Just, you just throw some reverb and some compression yeah, on it and just belt your fucking, you know, lungs out. But, well, I mean, if you, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but uh, Warning was the last Green Air record that Mike Dern actually sang on. After that, it was just Billy Joe layered over Billy Joe, layered over Billy why Joe. The, why the fuck? Why isn't it's Mike? Because I guess they think Billy Joe is a better voice, you know, it sounds better. I, mean, I, so under, have I understand on some like harmonies, it does sound better with the actual singer's voice. But Mike is a great uh, backing vocalist. He like, is, yeah. He's, on he's top good. of playing bass, like he's so underrated when it comes to that stuff. I wasn't even aware of this until we had the uh, rock band come out and they released the tracks, the audio tracks, the, the vocals only without the music. You right. can get that for the rock band and you could hear all the 21st century American hit songs and you just heard like 10 Billy Joe's. No, my so weird, yeah. Just a chorus, an opera of Billy, Billy Joe. Joe on every every octave. But uh, yeah, <laughs> every my, my yeah, I mean, Mike Dern had was a, he was he's a really good backing vocal though, vocalist though. Like he he just flows really well with Billy Joe. I don't know why they took him out, but and yeah, when their their vocals are together, it's very. Uh, I, 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 I really think it. I really think we just grew up with it, so we like it, True. but I think it's his voice. If you go to see them live, uh, most of the back vocals are Jason White and then Jason Freese on keyboard, and uh, even Jeff Matika, who's not in the band anymore, they would do most of the harmonies, and Mike would only do some of them. So uh, they really like demoted his singing abilities and let like the Jasons do it. Well, maybe maybe Mike's not a big fan anymore. Maybe he was like, I got, I can pay people to do this for me. I don't yeah. need to do it anymore. <laughs> like, like, I can no, rock no out on stage more. I, I can understand that. And like, you know, so when you listen to the albums, it's really just Billy Joe singing over Billy Joe. Okay. Um, the, tri- the trilogy, what I also love about it is they, they let Jason White finally be an official member, which is weird because then they took that away after that those albums. But so wow. Jason White, uh, Jason White played on the trilogy. It was the first time he actually got to play on an album. So he played on all three albums, every song. Speaking so of- all the like 
Yeah. Speaking of newfound glory, I, I really wish newfound glory would make uh, Ryan Key an official <laughs> member of newfound glory and have him be able to like write songs with him. That'd be fucking amazing. Having you know you know you don't want to hear his slow acoustic songs. <laughs> I, I can only hear acoustic Ocean Avenue so many times. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. But, yeah. But that's kind of his role. He's just like the backing guitar vocalist guy for them. But man, it'd be like such a good like publicity like. Go into the studio for a year with just, you know, Chad, Jordan, and I mean, all those guys, and just with Ryan. And I'm sure Ryan's been, he, he, there's no way he hasn't stopped writing. Yeah, you know I mean? for sure. I haven't played no, music in forever, and I still write music. It's just hard not to. And I'm sure he's got some like kick ass little pop songs in his back pocket. Like, I don't know. So it sucks um, that they took that like away from him too. Like, I'm sure, like, how do they, uh, shift him away? They probably just had their lawyers tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I think it was a trade-off. I let him sing on American Idiot. He got to sing his part in Homecoming, the song, and he got to sing uh, American Eulogy on 21st Century Breakdown. You know, maybe they, they said, we'll give you, like, your own 30 seconds of vocals, but just don't sing anything He else. probably makes more money being, an, uh, like, a not a member, too. Like, he probably makes less, like, is, you know. Oh, tell that Mike's hearing. Is that Jason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jason's been Jason's his right hand man though. Whenever like in recent years, Billy Joe will do like little things like acoustic shows. He'll bring Jason with him, not Mike, and they'll just play the two of them. Another shout out. Uh, I was going to mention this other producer on the record. His name is uh, Chris Dugan, and he's oh, he's a sound engineer. Yeah, he's yeah uh, he's done. I'm trying. I was looking at trying to figure out the, what the first record he did with them. It wasn't like early early on. I think it might have started on with Shenanigans. Yeah, and then yeah, he did a lot of those singles, B sides and stuff. And then ever since then, if you look at um, uh, Ross, do you know about allmusic.com? You ever heard of that? Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's tell you all. Yeah, it's a great site. It's like IMDb with music. Yeah. So you can see, like, most of his uh, his credits are Green Day. So, and, and I I appreciate that. I like that they brought in uh, Butch Walker, like an experienced producer, but then had, like, the guy yeah. that was on their side that knew what they uh, wanted. So uh, let's tap it off. So let's yeah. tap it. Let's tap it, top it off so we can move on with our conversation. The last song is Graffiti. That's, yep. that's that song's about, I mean, you know, it pretty much has turned into the BLM movement. So that song's like a good song. You know, it has the lyrics are really meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, a serious song. I only, and then I think this is the only song on the record. I am of, I hate fade outs on songs, especially on records. Oh, we've talked about if, this many times. If you can time. do it live, that's fine. But that's really hard to do. But if you're on the record, you've written a beginning of a song. Write an ending of a song. You know what I mean? And this one fades out. I was kind of bummed. It's clapping. But it is the end, like the last record. So I'll give it a little credit. Like it's fading out to the last record. So I yeah. yeah. 21st Century Breakdown, the last song is See the Light, and that fades out also. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it seems like lazy writing to me. And he's already being lazy on this record. So seems about well, right. that. Well, so that, you know, and I'm not talking, I'm trying not to be negative because it's my favorite band, but I I'm being you. honest with you. I'm being honest with you. You know, their entire discography, the two albums I listen to the least are Father of All and Revolution Radio because I don't relate to it. I don't have any emotional attachment to it. If I went to a Green Day show and they said, what do you want to hear? We'll play any song. I wouldn't request any of these songs, yeah. especially the new ones. <laughs> it just doesn't do it for me. And it was, it was really hard the first time with Revolution Radio to admit that. Because, you know, my whole life, I loved everything they did. And, of course, all my friends made jokes. Oh, Billy Joe took a shit on a record. You would say it was the best record <laughs> of the year. And I said, no, you just don't understand how amazing of a songwriter he is and how much I relate to what he's singing about. Well, I mean, he, I, he helped, like make a broadway musical that's pretty incredible and it's in and yeah. of itself that's like I, that's awesome I, I just 
I just wore, I don't know. Part of me feels like, you know, they, 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 they fired their manager of 25 years, the guy who helped them become superstars. And they signed with crush management. And right away I was worried because, you know, crush, I don't they know, know how to make money. Crush, Fall Out Boy, Panic the Disco, Andrew McMahon. They know how to make you stars, Weezer. They know how to sell your songs yeah. to commercials. Yeah. They know how to get you on big tours. Bush Walker is on Crush Management too, so they set them up with that. Well, there you go. I was. I, I'm the only thing I wor- wonder is, did they say we're going to get you this big summer tour with Weezer and Fall Out Boy? So write a record so you have something to promote. And maybe he just said, oh, I don't have anything. I just wrote this long shot record. And maybe they really did rush this album. And that's why it's not that great. You know? Yeah, it does. It does sound like it was a lot of it was written for the radio, especially like the first like the first song is like, like I said, like that's sports TV music right away. Like that's if if sports games were going on right now, every NHL, NBA, baseball team, like they would play that once a game, like for sure. Like hands down, and, and like I said, you know, for me, it's my favorite band, so I want the best of the best. When New Fan Glory make an album, I want New Fan Glory. Yeah. When MXPX made an album, when Bayside make an album, when any other band in the world I like makes an album, I, I pretty much want that. But when Green Day experiments, I usually like it. This time, I didn't like it. I think you know? I was I was also comparing not only like my Thursday my, my favorite band, but like New Fan Glory is another favorite one of my band and. Yeah, I said that weird, but you know, and they're and but they're still continuing making records, and a couple of them been you know up and down. But this last one, Corey and I reviewed it. We love this new record. Yeah. It was it was a mixture of you know sticks and stones, catalyst, but had a little bit of a homecoming feel to it. There's a few acoustic stuff, and I you know there's some coming home. <laughs> what did I say? Homecoming. 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 Oh, whatever. Whatever. Um, um, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I didn't see. That's why music is. It's funny. Everyone has such a different opinion on everything. I didn't like the new album. My favorite one of recent is probably Resurrection Ascension. I thought those songs were great. That was that was that was a good record. That that's was a great um, record, yeah. But uh, yeah, this new one, uh, Radio Surgery, is the worst, in my opinion. Oh, I, think I that's love that record. So it's good. just so it's embarrassing. It cringe. It makes me. It's like listening to, like a Simple Plan record or something. <laughs> what's, wrong with, just, what's wrong with Simple Plan? You, like, cringe. I like Simple Plan, but it's like after a while, it's like they're That's they're true. silly and they're they're known as a silly band. I'll yeah. say this: I liked the Newfound Glory record better than this Green. Oh record. yeah, for sure. I we definitely s- don't like the names of the songs. Double Chin for the win. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, dude, it's like new, like uh, uh, Four Years Strong. They were they're fucking pop punk nerd kids. Like it's they don't take it seriously like Green Day does. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess well, not really. Of- they named they named yeah. their album Father of Motherfucker, whatever of all motherfuckers. So I also don't like the album cover. By the way, I, they're trying to be funny by putting the unicorn puking on the American Idiot cover. Dude. But that's just that's just disrespectful to like their best album. Oh uh, yeah, thank you. Know? Okay, so let's get in the scrutiny scale. Let's go through that real quick. Um. We had uh, Ross fill out his, and and um, so we have you know, qual- you know each we have production and vocals, guitars. We kind of break it down per section. Yeah, um, and, that's too detailed for my liking. I just think of lyrics and melodies in my life. <laughs> see, I'm totally different. I you know I like I said I don't I don't know titles very often, and I don't know actually like yeah. like I can't sing every word of a Thursday song. I can't I can't. Oh, no, I can sing every Greenie song ever. I'm I, good. Know, I, I, I wouldn't that. doubt that. I would. even 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 these songs, but I wouldn't do it in that voice. And even all the weird <laughs> side projects they do. Um, but I, my 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 ear automatically goes to 
the music side, vocals too, but mostly like the melody of what they're singing, not necessarily the words. Yeah, like you asked me about tone, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's just like the sound, like how the drums sound. Do they sound like shit or they sound good. You can do um, yours. Yeah, my, my review is easy. I said lyrics were weak and the melodies were weak, and it overall it was just weak and not memorable. That's the, my the, my summation of the whole thing. It's just not something in 20 years I'd be like, oh, put on that father of all record. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. the cover and the cover album, you gave it a one. Yeah, I gave it. Insults. Actually, you know, I'm gonna. I had a 3.5. I'm gonna lower it to a one too, because that's you're right. That's bullshit. That, you that unicorn is, is bullshit. You realize yeah. what it is though? <laughs> so stupid. Um, we'll fast forward. Ross gave it a 59.5. So that's pretty low. That's pretty bad. Um, oh, overall, it's pretty cool. You can do that. Yeah, at the very bottom, it gives you it, it totals it up. Um, oh, event, cool. Eventually, we want we want to get this scale on our like website so people can do it on their own. Yeah, and just it's just like a drag yeah. and drop kind of fun thing. Um, Corey, like, uh, what were some, some things you want to point out in your scale? Um, so like when it comes to guitar work, I'm, you know, I, I usually like to hear some variety and Corey's a guitar player, Ross. Yeah. I like this record just like all the guitar parts were just, they were not super interesting and they didn't do anything that like, I know on like American idiot, like there were so many unique like guitar parts and um, the vocal melodies are really cool. This one just felt like they pulled all of K Rock off and like just like put it onto one record and like mixed yep. it up, you know, melted it. And yeah. I just it just didn't it didn't hit me as hard as like one of their other records did. Um, I gave it a fifty nine. Uh, so we're pretty close. Hey, um, hey, Corey, did you listen to the Longshot record or not yet? Yeah, I have. I, I've listened to it once through. I need to go back and hear it again. It, I'm going to listen to it again. Yeah. It, yeah. Going into uh, it with a mentality. I, I, I want to go into it with a mentality of like relating it to some of the Green Day that didn't resonate with me as much just so I can hear it. Yeah, yeah, read the lyrics too. I think they're on iTunes. Yeah. If you read along, you can see he's really—he actually is talking about like what it's like post rehab, being bored with his life. You know, you know, missing those party days or knowing you can't go back and party. And I think that's cool. That's what I wanted yeah. to hear. Songs about that, you know. Yeah. So I, I driver chasing a ghost—they're all about that. <laughs> yeah, this one was tough. Yeah, it was a, it was a difficult listen, but um, I don't think it's hor- like absolutely horrible to the point I could never listen to it. I just don't think it was great. So let me, I'll say this. I, I sometimes try to approach a record of, especially a band that I know and say like, okay, what if this was this band's first record? Like I've never heard this before. I tried to like fresh ears, fresh eyes. Like I don't know who this is. And if this was some LA band that came out of nowhere and made this record, they'd be the biggest band on the K-Rock that we know. You know what I mean? Like they would be hot shit right now. The new hives, the new bravery, it'd be great. But because it's Green Day, no one gives a shit because it's not what people yeah. think of Green Day. So, I mean, overall, yeah, like I I kept thinking, man, this is not the Green Day that I, 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 I really don't like. But overall, it's not a bad record. It sounds great. Um, you know, Butch Walker, Butch Walker behind the, 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 the board is not going to give you a bad sounding record. I mean, every no. guitar, every drum, every bass is going to sound to its full potential. So... I, on, on tone on all of them, I gave it five, except for vocals. I didn't, I gave it four because I, like I said, I didn't like the, uh, um, double vocals and some of his melodies and stuff, but, um, I, I gave it a 74 I feel, and I feel like all that's right. kind of high for me too. I, I probably wouldn't have said 74, maybe like low sixties, maybe fifties, but 
Um, well, I mean, that's pretty good. Like I said, I'm going to say one more time. We can move on. If you ever have free time, both of you listen to the trilogy. It's 37 songs. 34 of them, I think, are unbelievable. Phenomenal. I, I definitely like skipped over that because it, it kind of felt like a lot. It kind of felt like Green Day homework you, to me. You got to hear. I'll make you a, I'll make you a list then of the top 10. There are songs like Brutal Love on, on Trey that like brings me to tears like 10 years later hearing it. Like X-Kid, another one. They have, These songs are just so deep and meaningful they made on these records. And it's a shame. Stray Heart, it's a shame that like no one really listens yeah. to them. I'll, I'll tell the listeners this. All week <clears throat> leading up to this episode, Ross has been sending me like different songs, different bands, different yeah. things, like showing me all this stuff. I love it, Ross. It's, it's, I no, wish, I, I wish music. I was more of a nerd with Thursday like you are with Green Day. Like, it's, let me tell you one more thing. You, you think trying to pitch to you how Billy Joe also loves the trilogy. This year, 2020, a couple months ago, he released on iTunes and Spotify. I don't know if I could show it on the thing. Really bright. He, 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 went, he went back and redid guitars on three trilogy songs just for fun and remastered them and re-released them on iTunes. That's how much he likes those songs, too. Was he, like, born in the pandemic? Was it during then? I don't know. He went back and did Wild One, Oh Love, which was the single, Lazy Bones, a couple of them. He just went back and redid the guitars. Why not? Yeah. Like, I, I love that. It's hey, amazing. I'm Billy Joe, and I'm bored. I'm going to go redo these songs that no yeah. one listens to. Well, well, now he's been doing covers. He's, he's He did a series of cover songs that he released on YouTube. Well, I saw that he did weeks. That Thing You Do or whatever, right? Yeah, I did That Whoa. Thing You Do. I'd did, like I that. Think we're, Pretty cool. I think we're alone. Did I Think We're Alone Now, Manic Monday. Um, he did a couple other more obscure bands uh, like the Vibrators and Johnny Thunders, like I said. So he, he did those for a while, um, and then uh, and there was like a scandal with his son. We won't get into, and so he had to be, go under the radar for two months. So Billy Joe is now back on Instagram. He wasn't on for like over a month and a half because of his son. But you can oh. look that up later. We will drama, <laughs> drama, Joey, dude. Joey Armstrong drama. I don't want to discuss that because yeah. that's not none of my business. I don't like drama. There you go. Um, He's back. Can we take a beer break real quick? I gotta grab beer. I'm gonna take a pee break right now. There it is. Pee break. Uh, Beer break. All right. (laughs) There he goes. Um, Yeah. When we come back, we're gonna get into Ross's story and how I met him and all that stuff. So uh, stay tuned. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? Shout 
it Cause just bring it down I'm an educated fool with money on my mind Mac 11 in my hand and a gleam in my eye I'm a loped out gangster, set tripping banger And my homies are down, so don't arouse my anger Fool, death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away I'm living life, you would die, what can I say? I'm 23 now, but will I live to see 24 the way They just going, I don't know, tell me Sometimes I give myself the creeps the so so screening podcast and uh we still have our guest dj ross star um so i know we kind of like touched on it a little bit um with your background and everything but let's start when you first moved here so you came here to, to college which college did you go to well i'll start from the beginning okay um so growing up on long island i loved watching mtv and i loved music I hated interview shows because they always had to ask the same questions. Just like athletes. It yeah. It wasn't even their fault. That's just how it is. You know, you're on a big channel. Maybe no one's heard you before. So you have to ask them how they got the band name, where they're from, where their favorite place to play live is. But I hated it. So early on, I said, you know, I wish there was like a show that existed where they would actually take fan questions. How cool would that be? So as I got older, I, uh, even when I went away to camp, I went to sleepaway camp, which is like an East coast thing. They send you to like the, you know, the mountains. I, like, I did stuff like that with baseball. I, I get you. 
Yeah. So I was like that nerd who did radio shows at sleepaway camp. Like oh, wow. all the cool kids who were playing basketball and football. I was like doing radio shows literally for nobody. Like no one listened to it. It was just on the, like on the grounds of the camp. I don't even think you could hear it like on the actual radio. It was just like for nobody, but I didn't care. <laughs> I just loved doing yeah. it. Yeah. And I would would go in there and I would play all my weird, obscure, you know, pop punk bands from Lookout Records and things that no one else had heard of, at least people that I knew had heard of. And uh, so when I finished high school, I said, you know what? Maybe I should try to do this for real. Maybe I should try to be a host. My grandfather was a radio host for a couple of years in his life in New Jersey and Connecticut before he became a biology teacher. So I thought that was pretty cool. I had someone in my family that had done that. There you go. So my, in 2000, I went to college uh, at Northeastern in Boston. Oh, okay. I was, I was only there for a year. I didn't like it very much. It was a commuter college. I didn't know that. Almost everybody left every weekend to go home. Nothing to do. So I had a radio show, but it was Friday morning at 8 a.m. So no one's listening. To <laughs> yeah, no anymore. punk rockers are getting up that early to listen to music. <laughs> I, I didn't even have a name. I think I called myself DJ Tanner to be funny, which ironically, <laughs> which ironically Stephanie Tanner later used on Fuller House to make her DJ name DJ That's Tanner. Yeah. Yes. So my friend Jordan from high school was at American in DC and he said, Hey, you should transfer here. If you don't like it, like it's really fun. I'm in a fraternity. Like, you know, it's really cool. And we have a really, really great radio station that's on in, in the dorm rooms. You can hear it on the TV. And I said, okay. And so I applied and I got in, I didn't want to stay in Boston cause I had no, I had no friends. So I switched to American and I got there in 2001 and I showed up to the radio station and it was gone. So where the hell is this freaking radio station? So I met the woman who was the manager and she said, yeah, we tore it down. We're actually rebuilding it. It's going to be bigger and better. And I said, when tomorrow? She said, <laughs> probably a couple of months. I said, Oh really? Like I really wanted to do this. Like, you know, I really wanted to get started. So what I did, which is really funny now thinking about it, I started going to concerts with my little tape recorder and telling bands I had a show at college. I hadn't even done a show yet. I just lied and said, I have a college radio show. Would you mind doing an interview with me? And I think the first band I ever interviewed was the Turbo ACs, kind of like rockabilly band. I've heard of them. So and then, I like so that I, name though. I like that name. Yeah, I saw they were playing. And so they agreed to let me uh, interview them. I found them like outside the venue. So they were opening for Flog and Molly. So I was like, let me schmooze my way into the Flog and Molly dressing room. So after my Turbo ACs interview, I said, hey, I have this cool radio show. Do you want to do an interview? And the guy was like, okay, sure. So I'm like, wow, now I got two interviews. It was like 2000, 2002, and like, I haven't even done a show yet. So um, I, what really helped me out was um, I'm a big New Glory fan. We were talking about this. I, I found them in 1999, luckily, because I'm a little bit older than you guys. And I, I got, You're not that old, Ross. I won't, yeah, I won't make I, it old. I, I, I saw them a few times on Long Island. They played this like crazy festival at, at like a at like a it was like a temple, I think. Yeah. I posted oh. this throwback a couple of weeks ago, and they played opening up for Less Than Jake, things like that. So I got to see them a bunch. I got to meet them. I, they knew I was like, a super fan at that point. So in 2002, they played at the 9:30 Club, and so I waited to meet them. And this is where Jordan comes into play. And I said, Hey, Jordan. I have this radio show. I'm a big fan. He said, I recognize you. And I said, you want to do an interview? I said, okay, sure. That's cool, man. So because I had done that interview and they were starting to get big because of Good Charlotte, that became my credibility. Like Your springboard, from that point yeah. on, any band I wanted to interview, <laughs> in town, they would say, who have you interviewed? And I would say, Newfound Glory. And they'd say, oh. See, Corey, right. that's exactly why we need to get Jordan on this fucking show, man. Yeah. You got your in, like, oh, man. He knows you who you are. Be, yeah. You must be a big deal. 
So it was, it became so hey, Ross, funny. One second, Ross, this, you, you are one of those people for us. You know, you're, you're, you're a you. name, man. People know you and, and having you on there. Yeah. On it's here awesome. Is, is a, is a thank pleasure. You, thank you. So, so yeah, I, uh, you're, you're yeah, our Jordan. <laughs> I appreciate it. So I, uh, so it, it became so funny to me cause I still hadn't done a show, but I got, but because I had done That's all these you, interviews, dude. because I had done all these interviews, I got a warp tour pass to do press. Oh, that's super cool. 2002 warp tour. That's awesome. Wait, now I'm at warp tour interviewing Bowling for Soup. Dude, than that's peak MXP, warp MXP, tour. MXP, <laughs> All my heroes, and I didn't even do a show, and I was just good at talking to them, and everyone thought, oh, you know, I was pretty relaxed. And they were like, oh, you're just like 19, like how are you so good at this? I said, I don't know, I just asking you questions because I'm a fan. I'm asking you like deep dives, and also like you know, it's just some confidence, basics, man. You, know? you have, just gotta have the confidence. Yes, so so the station finally opened in September of 20, 2002. So mm-hmm. the first show I ever did, luckily I coordinated it where uh, Homegrown were playing at 9:30 Club. It's Homegrown. And mess. Oh, I forgot who else. I love so I, I arranged it with Drive Through Records to have Homegrown come to my studio earlier that day and do a live show with me. So the first show I ever did was September eighteenth, two thousand and two, and Homegrown were the studio guests. So funny. I so, love that. I love that band. Yeah. Not only did we have uh, the show in the dorms, which no one really <laughs> oh. cared about, yeah. we had we finally able to listen on the internet to a radio show from somewhere else. Wow. So immediately I started pimping myself out. And what do you, what do you think's around back in 2002? There's no MySpace. Yahoo message boards, Yahoo groups. Not even, yeah, I, was dude, I, was, I was in Yahoo groups. One of my first band, my first band newcomer had a Yahoo group page. So I, I was, was really like deep diving it. So probably the first time I had any real um, hit with luck with that was absolute punk. After a couple of shows, they said, hey, this show's pretty cool. We haven't really ever heard of a, of, a, of a live show that has these kind of interviews. You know, we do live, we do a lot of punk news. We'll feature your ads on our, on our, you know, as a news story. So all of a sudden I'm doing the show once a week, you know, and Absolute Punk, who at that time to me, that was like the Mecca. That's a big deal. Yeah. Dude, that was, I, 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 honestly, I still, I have it still bookmarked on my bookmarks. It's not Absolute Punk anymore. It's uh, Chorus FM, yeah, 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 Chorus FM. But they still, it's still kind of the same thing. I, I go there to see the release dates of all the records that I like and stuff. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But absolute punk, punk was man, that it. was that yeah. was the shit back in the day. Yeah, it was it. So I was in college. So most of my interviews were either my recorded interviews that I would play during the show, like yeah. all the ones I had done, or phone calls. So bands would call in from all over the the world. And soon, Taking Back Sunday was calling in in two thousand and two. Wow. And Fallout Boy and Yellow Card. Because I just always had an ear for what not not always what I like, like, what I like, like, yeah. big, like big for the scene, but they weren't the bands that we know no. now. No, I yeah. would get in with a I would get in with a label, usually with a smaller band and yeah. like like homegrown, and then they would send me all their other bands Dude. because they liked my content. So they had Newfound Glory, you know, and Homegrown were both on drive through. Yeah. Then something corporate's yeah. doing the show. Then Finch is doing the show. Then Senses Fail. So I got in good with the labels early on. They would send me a million giveaways. I'd get like hundreds of CDs of new releases uh, of DVDs. You bastard. So, That's so cool. So That's a like payment all in itself right there. Can, yeah. can I say one thing, one cool thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as much as Dookie was my first record into Green Day, 
one of the best records that like really like brought Green Day into my life was Nimrod and my aunt, yeah. my aunt who owned the Doll Hut and she also did some management, got me the promotional copy of that. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, that was cool because it had the on the front said promotional only, do not sell. I was like this is fucking oh, yeah. cool, man. Freaking legit. And I got a poster. I got a poster with it and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine like getting those. I mean, how many would you get? Like once a week, like a box full of just CDs. Unsigned bands, CDs, especially million bands galore. Unsigned bands, like were they, like imagine, were, were they finding you the unsigned bands, or is this from the labels? Oh, it was all. It was a uh, everything. Okay, I would do like an unsigned segment. I had a that's rad. Man. Imagine Dragon sent me like ten CDs of their first album, which isn't even in print anymore or on iTunes. That's they just, so like, cool. They were like an unsigned you still band. Have it? it might be worth money, man. That band's huge. I don't know. I can't. I'll tell you off air what I did with them, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in studio in, in dc uh brand new they came on the show there jesse lacy uh they were playing uh, at our at our at our college with uh dashboard and mxpx so they came and did the show um <laughs> vanilla ice he played our college so I got to do the show. um oh, one, of, one of one of one of one of the most underrated bands in that world over it they came on the show i remember they were living over in it room. yeah they were pretty great and huge um and then probably the funniest one to think about now a 14-year-old Alex and Jack from All Time Low came over onto my show. Wow. <laughs> Alex's mother drove them after school to come do the show when they were in 10th grade. All right. Wow. So that's I, crazy. I got a little backstory with All Time Low. I Right now, uh, their video, I don't know what it's called. It's up for a VMA. I worked on it. No big nice. deal. They're good dudes. Yeah. I've worked on a few projects with them, and they're really nice guys. Like some yeah, of the, some of the bands of are kind I, of... I still- yeah, go ahead. Uh, I still have the CDR. It says all time low. Please don't hate this. That's what they wrote in it when they gave it to me in the studio. To oh, play. that's wow. so cool. Uh, Alex gave me a bottle of their uh, their Sauvignon Blanc wine before nice. it, before it was even out. He's like, don't post photos of this, please. But you can have it. I was like, you got it, man. <laughs> but yeah, so, dude, uh, shout out to all time low. They're good dudes. We're going to have them on the show someday. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so I finished college in 04 and I was like, crap, what do I do now? So Adobe radio, which is still around, still it's, relevant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were also based in DC and I knew them from doing all the same interviews. So the, the Tom, who's the founder, he came to my last show at college and he said, Hey, I want to offer you the opportunity to now do the show for me. Not only will you be on Winamp, you'll be on iTunes. Now iTunes radio, people That's will be able so to hear cool. you. Well, and hold on, back up Winamp. Shout out to I Winamp. I remember that. That was, I loved Winamp. Sorry. Now I don't want to say I, I have no proof that I was the first, but through my research back in the day, I'm pretty confident I was the first live show on the internet to have rock interviews in, in that world and that Dude. scene. Not like I, I couldn't. I looked for years because I wanted to listen to one. Yeah, and I could never find one. So I was like, I'll just do it myself for fun. I didn't think, oh, you know, I would. All of a sudden, I was getting emails year one from Germany, Portugal, Sweden. People listening to this show. How did you find the show? Punknews.org, and then all these news sites I had never even heard of that copied Absolute Punk. They would just rip them off, so they would steal, <laughs> yeah. the, they would yeah. steal the article about my show. So it was like free advertising. Wait, you so, said? Did you say Punk Videos Rock? Was that what was it? Oh, punknews.org. Oh, okay. Punk Videos I know, uh, Rock, I remember that too. Punk Videos Rock is raised raised Rob. Uh, yeah, is, uh, I, I know him. Shout out to him. I like that guy. He's a good yeah. dude. Um, so in LA, I set up the show in my apartment where I still live 16 years later. And I said, well, how the hell am I going to do this? How am I going to get people to come over? Like, this is crazy. Wait, on, back, back up a little bit. So wait, hon, you get you get offered this big show in, in, in Washington, D.C., basically. 
so is the same job offered out here in California? You're going to do the same thing? Yeah, he was offering me a studio to do it. And he was just offering me the chance to stream on his network. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So you come out, out here. Yeah. I bought, I bought, you know, I got all the equipment, which back then, you know, you're plugging your landline into the back of your computer and then you're buying a device to, to, for your soundboard to, it's so crazy what I used to use. You saw you it. A, so you had a landline going into your, yeah. So that's how you'd have people call in and stuff. It's crazy. So I moved here and almost right away it, it became bigger by the month because some of these bands that I had interviewed before they were big stars like Fall Out Boy now had become big stars and they were willing to keep it real and come over. They knew so, you. Yeah, yeah. They knew yeah. how, yeah, really. So, yeah. You know, 2004, they're recording from under the cork tree in Burbank. Pete Wentz still makes time to come over to do my little live show and he did, you know? Um, and That's then huge. it just grew it grew from there, you know, uh, well, Ben Harper, who unfortunately got kicked out of yellow card for spending too much time on his takeover records label. He, him and I hit it off when I moved here and, and he had a label and he let me do, you know, interviews on his channel too. And he would send me all his bands, but he knew like the matches, he knew Rufio, he knew all these other bands from just being in yellow card. So he would help me get bands on the show too. He'd That's say, oh, huge. you should interview yeah. So, so you interviewed Rufio. It just kept going. Rufio's and so I did, uh, I, yeah. I did an Adobe for a few years. You know, it kept building up steam, you know, 400 viewers live a week, 4,000, 40,000. This kept getting crazier. I was doing two wow. shows a week for my apartment. I had to turn bands away. Some shows I would do three hour marathons where it'd be like Maxine would come on from side one dummy. Then melee would come over right after and play live. Then the matches would come over. Then, you know, and it was one by one by one endless. Cause all these bands at the time, lived here because it was affordable or they were traveling through here or recording, or recording here. Yeah. Now it's not like that, but back then it was. So, yeah. well, I'll never forget the day I did Adobe. And then in 2007, one of my biggest interviews, the used came over my house. That was like the big leagues, like the used, like where they're still really, really popular. And I'm, pretty, know, and I'm pretty sure I was there for that one. Yeah. So yeah. they came over and they brought their publicist or manager. And so I was really anxious because I'm not used to having important people over with them. And <laughs> in, in your apartment. <laughs> yeah. And Adobe broke down. It didn't work. Mm. I was supposed to be live. I said, what the hell do I do, Corey? So I was like, you know, I heard of this site, Stick'em, is building up some steam. Oh, maybe I remember I sh- that. Maybe I sh- so I logged on to Stick'em and I was doing the show and the owner of Stick'em was like, hey, I see you're live right now. I don't really know who you are, but this is really cool. You have a big band and we'll put you on our homepage. So all of a sudden I'm doing this show last minute and there's like 100,000 people watching wow. on And it's a video show. So, so all of a cool. sudden I'm like, wait, now they can see me. Why the heck would I ever go back to audio when they could see me doing this? So from crazy. that point on, for, I, spent my, I spent the best years of my show when the scene was like at its peak on Stick'em, like 2007 to 2011. And, it, and Stick'em was a big help. I got to host different festivals. I got a column in Substream Magazine that I did for a couple of years. Um, I was in a few music videos. I got to be an extra. Red in the Full uh, Effect. I remember that one. Red Team the Full <laughs> Effect. A Real Big Fish video. MC Lars video. Uh, bands started thanking me in their records. I have a, uh, my wall over there. Census Fail, New Found Glory. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. They, Census Fail thanked you? Uh-huh. Which one? Which record? Depths of you, I think. Which one? In fold you. The one with the eyeball, I think, in the hand. Oh, oh still searching. Still searching. Yeah. That's a oh, great that's right, record, dude. I didn't dude. know that. That's like yeah, my favorite record. At the wall. We the fucking record. love uh, We love Census Veil. Vale. Mm-hmm. Pierce the Veil thanked me in their record. Um, uh, All Time Low thanked me in the So Wrong It's Right album. That's wow. so um, cool. Houston Calls, New Year's Day, Real Big Houston Fish, Hanover. Wow. 
So Paul and Ben Bayside, one of my favorite bands, invited me to sing on their Shutter record, three songs, the gang vocals. I remember so, when that happened. That's I cool. Remember, well, yeah. So what? So what's cool, Corey, is all this happened because I just love music. I didn't have any yeah. help. I didn't have any connections. I didn't. I wasn't getting paid to do the show. Sure. It was just because there was nothing else like it out there. You know. Yeah. But then here comes the downfall, and so I was telling Robert about it, not in a negative way. Um, I was. I, I made a little bit. I made a few mistakes. I, I, I didn't hit onto YouTube early on like I should have. Yeah. You know, a lot of people jumped on YouTube right away. And I, I, I didn't like it because I love live shows. My show yeah. was live for 15 years. I never recorded it. I liked that anyone could watch. You can send questions live. You can call in. I hated the idea of it. No offense to you. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't want to do it because I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, now I think maybe I should have because I'm doing this show live. Hindsight is 2020. <laughs> and people are watching it yeah but if they unless they know what stickum is and where to find it they're not going to be able to see it again yeah you know and guess what when stickum shut down in 2014 every video i ever did erased they didn't save wow. any of it oh, God. whole site shut down so i had the biggest fans of all time that time frame wiped out clean i'll never see him again only Jeez. ones that remain on YouTube are the ones that other people encouraged me to put on there at the time. Like my old publicist said, you should be filming these and putting them on YouTube. I'm like, Oh, well, we'll just do little clips. So if you go on YouTube, you'll see like Katy Perry at my show on there and uh, Julia Lewis and, and boys like girls. And there's a good amount of them on there. Sonny Moore, but not thousands, you know? Yeah. And, uh, That's a bummer. and what happened was, you know, and I, I was thinking about this today. I was thinking, you know, was there really ever a host that did what I did and, and made it, big off of it. And the only one I could think of was Brian stars. He was on his way yeah, because he was smart about it. He did a YouTube show. He interviewed the same 20 bands cycle that young kids like black veil brides, asking Alexandria falling in reverse, skip the fate. And that younger generation who had never heard of me were on YouTube all day finding his videos. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him, why he abandoned it and he hasn't done anything in three years, but you know, so looking back, you know, that was probably my biggest regret is that I YouTube thing. And like you said, hindsight, there's no way to tell if my interviews would have been a big hit because I didn't just do pop punk at that point. I tried to expand. I got bored of hearing the same answers. Everybody wants to know Warped Tour. Everybody likes Blink-182. Everybody, yeah. whatever. It got boring after a while. So I tried to have on with it. I had Frankie Muniz on. I had Tom Thomas Nicholas from American Pie movies. I would have some hip hop artists, some pop artists, some rock and, artists. And but- unsigned bands too. Unsigned bands. Yeah, that was well, what happened. But what happened was the scene in rock music started to die out. And I noticed it because whereas I used to have to turn bands away, all of a sudden I became desperate to find bands to oh, do the show. Yeah. I would go on pure volume, look under rock and look up under the top 500 bands in LA. Yep. And I was like, had them, had them, broke up, broke up, had them, broke up. I was like, man, I'm running out of bands. So right around the time where I was even questioning if I should do it anymore, um, Meltdown Comics approached me and they said, hey, um, the, the guy Andy was working for them. He used to work for Stick'em. He said, hey, I see you're doing your show now on Ustream. It doesn't seem to be that popular. No offense, like Stick'em because they're not featuring you. Do you want to do a show at Meltdown Comics, XSN? We'll have like a green screen and we'll have real cameras and you can finally do your show in a real studio. Okay, cool. Let's do it. So, I did that in 2016 for a year. We had Rocket Summer came on and The Living End, which was one of my lifetime goals to well, have the model. Well, back up. I uh, I opened for the Rocket Summer and my aunt is good friends with their singer of The Living End. Just a little backstory. Oh, so Living awesome. End is yeah. awesome. Love Yeah, Living they're great. End. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that show and it was live. 
And honestly, the ratings weren't that great because, like I said, people were over rock music, and almost it almost seems like when people like other genres, they don't watch a lot of things oh, like that. Sure, they don't really yeah. care. Yeah. It's like the the song. They don't really care about the artist that much. Like you know, <laughs> where like my Chemical Romance fans will watch everything they do. Yeah. you know. So I had a good run. I had Palais Royale on. They're pretty big now. Zebrahead came yeah. on. So 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 this is where it ended for me. So January of 2017, I went in to do an interview with uh, True Rivals, some punk band, and. All of a sudden, Meltdown, the guy who ran XSN, he said, hey, we're shutting down. Oh. I said, well, why? He said, we're just not going to do it anymore. Now, this is the same time that Instagram and Facebook created the live feature. And oh. I think that was why people realized, why should we pay to have a studio when we could just do it from anywhere? And for the bands, why should I drive and rush our traffic one day a week to Rockstar Studio when I could just go live from my van? So... Yeah. Until they came up with the uh, idea where you can do the split screen now, which is pretty recent. Yeah. They were, I, I wasn't going to have a band come over to my apartment and get on a phone. It just seemed corny to me, you know, yeah. and do interviews on the phone. So I just dropped it like cold. I didn't have a goodbye show, which is weird. I just, after 15 years, I said, you know what? Maybe I need to like take a break and see like what happens because there's not even really any bands anymore. And since then, it seems like more and more of those bands have broken up. You yeah. know, like it's even they're coming before. back. Like I said, like Thursday broke up and it, it, it was, you know, the fans weren't there. But I mean, the, I mean, the fans didn't have money. It took a while for those fans <laughs> to grow up and get into their 30s and have the, know, bands, kids. the bands in the bands don't have money. either. It's yeah. And then they realized, oh, wait, we can play these shows again. So I think there is like a little bit of a slow resurgence of these old, old bands, yeah. like old, old bands that we say, you know, but, but, but I, yeah. I missed it. And so, you know, I, uh. As my friend Steve Severs has a YouTube channel, Bionic Buzz, and he does interviews of, you know, does Shout like corporate out. events, concerts, et cetera. So he said, Hey, how about you start doing interviews for me for fun at like concerts? Cause he's like, I, you know, I know you're better at it than me. So I did a few of those. We went out to two years in a row back to the beach. So that was really cool. I got to talk to like Lesson Jake again and Real Big Fish and Story of the Year and Aquabats and all that. So every so often I'd, I'd appear on his page, nothing big. But then this year with quarantine, I was like, You know what? Instagram live. Now you can do a split screen. I'm going to do like a raw star throwback series. I'm going to do a live thing. Like I used to do. I'll just have on the bands that I already know. So it's not awkward. So I don't have to like restart. Yeah. So I had, I did like probably about 30 of them. We had like Zebrahead came on Bayside, less than Jake missed. Um, I think I saw, I think I saw the Bayside. I didn't see all of them, but I think I, I think I checked out on the Bayside one. Yeah. I'm looking on my YouTube. I had lit. With, um, oh, different. Lit. Yeah. Came on the show. Dude. That was with, pretty the, cool. with the slide bar. I love the slide bar. I know the guys from lit, like one of them. Owns yeah. It, yeah. Right? Um, so they did the Instagram live Super Ann cool. Arbor, uh, Subur- suburban legends. I opened for Ann Arbor. <laughs> the red, the ready set stitched up heart. Uh, and then I talked to Telly Smith from uh, word alive and yeah, yeah. Travis Rickard. Travis Richter used to be in for first to last the Ataris. Then I, I had a few interviews of people I hadn't met, but I always wanted to interview like, uh, uh like, uh, Matt Pryor from the get up kids. He did the show. Right. And, uh, and then, uh, I had, uh, my buddy Nick Rossi on and my friend Ryan Seaman on and Chris from less than Jake ghost town. So I did like 30 of these, Yeah. but I ran into the same problem again. After I did the initial run, I ran out of bands again. And half of the bands, I said, oh, I still know them. Let me reach out. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> and a few of the other ones didn't want to do it because they said, look, there's nothing going on. This quarantine, they, they were they're a little bit upset about the quarantine. I have nothing yeah. to promote. There's no tour. Let's just wait till something big happens again. And I enjoyed doing it and I love doing it, but it was kind of like a reminder in a way how there still needs to be people picking up guitars. For sure. I never got paid to do the show. 
ever. I only did it because I love rock music. I don't want to interview pop artists or hip hop artists, so I'm not going to. I don't have to because I'm not, you know, it's not like a, yeah. a job. You know? And it just makes me sad because we love rock music, the three of us, but a lot of these kids just liked it because it was trendy at the time. That's what they grew up listening to. I, you know, and then I, they, think there's, I think there's waves. You know, I you th- look got at, over it. You look at the, you know, late 80s. It was, you know, the rock hair battle, you know, Guns N' Roses, those kinds of bands. And then yeah. a, few years, a few years later, the Nirvana hit. And then, you know, everyone went from hairspray hair to flannel and not washing your hair. So I think it's just waves. You know, the society just goes in waves. Right now we're in a pop phase, unfortunately. But I think kids are going to get bored of these computer artists. You know, everything's coming out of their computer and they want to go, what can you actually do as a human? And then that's yeah. going to bring rock back, you know, because yeah. that, that rock it's just, is. It's just funny because your podcast covers everything, but there are so many podcasts now that are just doing what I used to do, like the 90s pop punk throwback show, the 2000s, the drive through show. Yeah. So it's just like, so oh, what's funny drive, about me. Corey, that's a good show. We got to do a drive through show. That's a good, that's a good idea, Ross. Thanks. I was saying, <laughs> what was funny about my, my, my story is I went from no competition to endless competition. So I, you, Dude, know, you were you were so ahead of the curve, man. Yeah, I, me- I remember. Like, like, go ahead, Corey. That that's that community of music is such a tight knit community. I like every time I go to like a newfound show or like a Bayside show, just the, it's the same people that go to them and they still love yeah. them. Um, yeah. So like your show definitely reached a lot of those people right. that were like that a bit that go to that show, big moments. Like those shows. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, it was cool because all I wanted to do was interview bands yeah. I liked and introduce people to new music that I liked. You know, I never thought that, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not just being funny. You know, sometimes I'd go to a concert and people would come up to me and say, oh, my God, you're DJ Roster. I love your show. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, you know who I am? Like, well, how is it even possible? Well, so here, oh, uh, here's a little backstory know, uh, of how I know Ross. So I, he was on my radar because I was in all these bands and we wanted to promote ourselves. And I I watched DJ Ross, uh, his show multiple times with all these bands. And then we had a multiple, f- a mutual friend who we're not going to name Ross. And, um, luckily Falling out? she, uh, no, <laughs> she, uh, she, she, she was friends with Ross and she brought me up to his, uh, his apartment and we hit it off. And cause you know, we're both like total nerds and fans of, of all those same kind of bands. And, and I got, yeah. I got, you know, Ross, I, I gotta, I gotta give you a shout out, man. I, I, I appreciate you letting me come up in that apartment. Cause I know it was tiny and you wanted like these bands to feel comfortable. And it was kind of maybe sometimes weird where like a couple people were sitting in the corner, like watching them, mm-hmm. but you know, you know, Alliance. I, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I got to see the used, um, and one of the best moments was Thursday. I got to hang out with yeah, Thursday. Yeah, I, I see. I didn't, I didn't even forget about you. I could have not even invited you over. I, I like, would have been so mad if you did that and not called me. And yeah, yeah, there was, they were, they was were like, that was dude fest. It was Thursday and bring me the horizon. And, the horizon. Yeah. and I liked out that Thursday was like, they were like the old gentleman guys. And then bring me the horizon world, the drunk British guys. And it was perfect. Even, even, back, even back then Thursday were already old. Huh? Yeah. 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 They've, they've always, they've always been old. But, the, the old but they've been like suspended in the age they're in right now for exactly. like ever. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> Just looks exactly oh, the same. So, and then so like, I love, what I, I love, what, I love what I did. If I could change two things that I would have done one YouTube and two podcasting, I would have put all my shows podcasts even yeah. after they were live and i would have did youtube you had the curve yeah everyone's doing what you're doing now especially us i was foolish <laughs> i didn't think about it you know like i my because i'll tell you why because back then 
advertising online didn't exist. I cannot tell you how many times I would speak to record labels and businesses and they'd say, oh, we have a budget. We use that for AP Magazine, maybe Fuse. That's it. There's yeah. no room for an, an internet show. Absolutely not. All I would get was free popcorn, free drinks, free candy, free albums. No one ever, maybe one label ever gave me a check for like a hundred bucks because it was so long ago. No one thought of the internet as a way to make yeah. money. No, no way. So, people, you know, it's so mad at me. He's like, you need to have like a tip jar. I said, well, that's embarrassing. He's like, well, who, you can't pay your rent and popcorn. He was kind of right. You know, that's true. <laughs> so, and yeah. Now, nowadays with like Twitch, you can, you can tip in real time to these people. It's yeah. like, you couldn't do that on, but, on stick them. But like, now with so many podcasts, you know, if there's like a hundred shows like mine, you know, who will be the biggest one? Mark Hoppus. Cause he's already famous. So now yeah. it's hard to be successful oh. on this platform too. Cause they're going to spend their advertising bucks on someone who's already a big name. Thank you. I I fucking hate when actors and big names, people get into podcasting. Like, no, this is the, this is the industry, like the society that you're not supposed to be in here. This is for like, I hate you. Imagine if there was like 10 office like podcasts and now like Jenna Fisher has hers. She's going to make all the money. Yeah, not in the 10 sure. fans. Oh, and now, and now uh, I think and Ray, Brian uh, Bumbry has it too, right? Or uh, Kevin Malone. He has his own. Yeah. And then uh, Stanley's making his own TV show apparently too. Yep. So yeah. So they, I, they I figured it out. Yeah. I got to do a lot of cool things. So that's awesome. And, and like, you know, I just wanted to give people a good interview. You know, I grew up idolizing Howard Stern, Matt Pinfield, even Carson Daly was great. Last cool host I ever respected was Steven from Fuse, Steven Smith. He yeah. was the last, he was the last dude that I, I used to watch him and say, this guy actually likes what he's doing here. Exactly. He's not just doing TV. Yeah. I remember, I'll never forget. I wrote him a letter. I sent it to like Fuse with like a Rothstar shirt. I just told him about my show. And he wrote back a week later and he said, cool show. I checked it out. Watch daily download this Wednesday. And I said, okay, that's weird. I thought he was going to like, give me a shout out. I watched it and he wore the DJ roster t-shirt the whole show. Oh, I, remember, I remember that man. Cause like, like what the hell, like what a cool guy. Like who does that? Come on. What is he, what is that guy doing? I wouldn't mind hitting him up and seeing yeah. an interview he, with that he, guy. he became a stay at home dad. He retired. He had a podcast for a while and he gave it up. And last time I heard from him, he was a stay at home dad to twins. And that was it. Sad. Well, I think he, he probably felt the wrath. Yeah, you know? just like you, man. Just like you. Like, and not only that, Corey, let me tell you one more thing. Not only did I just do a show and like have like a, a job, I worked in the music industry also. So I was on both sides yeah, of it. I worked, at, it all. I worked at Warner Records. I worked at BuzzNet. I worked at a couple of smaller labels. There was no money in that industry years before now where people claim that it just now collapsed because of the internet. When you had a job at these companies, they would offer you twenty nine thousand dollars a year, thirty one thousand, unlivable even in the mid two thousands. So sure. I would go job to job while trying to pursue while trying to pursue my hosting gig while getting laid off over and over and over again. So after a while, I gave up that too, and I went back to school, and now I'm a stenographer. I caption, prepared, do school Dude. meetings. I do neighborhood, neighborhood <laughs> council meetings. I have to admit, yeah. when he told me that, when Robert told me about that, yeah. I was like blown away. I'm like, he so he must type like a million words like a minute, like two hundred words a minute. Yeah, two hundred uh, words a minute. God. Holy yeah. shit! Is that, is that that's on a regular keyboard, not your fancy stenographer keyboard? No, it's on the stenographer keyboard. Oh, okay. And it's like, and, and some people don't know that like that keyboard is like completely different than what is in front of your computer. It's yeah, kind of, it's kind so of weird looking. It's you know, so you know, I, I'm gonna be real with you guys because it's time to be real. You know, when you're younger and like real. you want, yeah, you know, like when when you're in a band and you're young, like everyone thinks you're famous and rich because you're on TV, but yeah. you're not. Like, I never wanted people to know what I was doing behind the scenes. I yeah. really got to thank. Most importantly, I got to thank my mom and dad because they allowed me 
probably foolishly to move here, pursue <laughs> my dreams while helping pay for me. Cause it's not cheap to live here. They were literally Hell helping no. me out all the time, you know, you know, and you know, and it didn't work out a hundred percent the way I wanted it to, but I do owe it to them because most parents would just be like, no way. Are you moving to LA? Why would you try to be in radio? That's like almost one in a billion. They said, go try and see what happens. And yeah. we got to the point where I, after getting laid off four times in a row, they said, look, you can either move back to New York, do something like real estate, like your dad does, or come up with a way that you can stay in LA and do your show, whatever you want to do and survive. So we found stenography. It was a group effort. My mom and dad asked around where they live and they had a couple of friends that were core reporters, you know, for their whole careers and they, they enjoyed it. I said, okay, look, there's a school here. I'll, te- I'll try it out. And luckily I enjoy it. So I get to do it. I only have to work like, you know, 20 to 25 hours a week. Cause it's a good, it's a good career. It's not like a, you know, like when I worked in the music business or anything like that. So, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of weird. I moved here to be a famous host and I work in the music industry. And now I don't have a show and I'm a stenographer, but I still love music and that will never end for sure. Yeah. No matter whether I never do another Instagram live again or anything else, I'll always jump in the car every day and just scream my head off at my favorite albums. And that's the most important thing I think. Yeah, there you dude. Go. And oh, <laughs> you, I, I, I think I, I believe, uh, I remember this. Did you do the captions for the Dr. Phil show? Oh yeah, I forgot about that job too. Yeah, he used to pay us like eight dollars an hour. Dude, <laughs> fucking what? asshole. The caption for him when he was making like thirty million a year. Fucking it, uh, yeah, oh, it was pretty, that was one of my that was my one of my in between jobs. So I worked at Warner Records, Bob Buzznet, which I loved, Thrive, Nitrous Records, Doctor Phil, and then I worked <laughs> for like a food and then I worked like a food website. And then after I got laid off from that, I said, okay, I, I'm done. I don't want to keep. <laughs> yeah. Unless, because unless you're going to get hired by the big boys like Live Nation or like Google, you're never going to make more than, you know, I used to have people like, you know, we had departments at our companies. I'm not going to say what job or who, but my boss, I had like a deep talk with one of my bosses one day, not who owned the company, but who worked as the head of our department. And I was complaining about my like low salary and they tell me how much they made and it wasn't much more than me. And they were like a decade (laughs) older and had way more experience. I said, I can't do this forever. There's no affordable way to to do this. You know? And almost, 99, almost 99% of the people I, I worked with in these businesses, they don't work in entertainment anymore. Yeah. They're real estate, they're real estate agents or, <laughs> yep. or their wives had good jobs. So they got lucky and they just got to like raise kids and not have to work at all. You know, that's what it so is. Yeah. It's not for the faint of heart, you know, either side of it, the hosting side or like the behind the scenes side, it was you know, it was fun. I loved BuzzNet. I got to do red carpet interviews. They let me, they flew me out to Bamboozle in New Jersey to cover it. Super cool. cool. Yeah. But I wasn't making a hundred thousand dollars like kids and parents probably thought I was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way, that, yeah, the these only, kids thought yeah. that you were probably a millionaire and we're like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. And my, and my YouTube interviews, the ones that are up there, I didn't even put them on my page. I used to have like my intern put them up. So I have a Katy Perry video of her in my bedroom and it's yeah. like 400,000 hits. Not only does he have it on his, he didn't even monetize it back in the day. So oh. neither was for that. God. <laughs> that crazy. What a waste. So I, th- I, think, I think where we're at now is you either make money on YouTube from hits if you can get like a bajillion like Jeffree Star or you do podcasting and hope to God an advertiser gives you some money, right? That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. Yeah. That's why we, we're, we're doing our unofficial sponsors of the things we like because maybe someday they'll like, hey, you, we like you. We'll throw you some free coffee. That's all we want <laughs> for now. Yeah. That's all we want. Oh, and what's... And what's cool now, I'll, I'll tell you about what, what, what Jen's doing, my wife, which is, which yeah, is yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, let's get, yeah, let's get into that. What is she doing? So, which is funny. So she's, she's been watching me do my show since 2011. Never 
podcast and interviewing and hosting. It wasn't like this was something she wanted to do. And, and she thought I was super cool for doing it first. <laughs> I had no interest in doing this. Um, so in January, she started an Instagram called Women in Stereo. You put on the screen, Women in Stereo. There it is. Um, just to help out women in music, not just rock, any genre. Because she said, you know what? There really aren't a lot of women out there being featured. Like they're out there, but you never hear about them, you yeah. know? Even in like the mainstream, like, you know, you think of rock, you'll hear of like stitched apart New Year's Day in this moment. That's it. Maybe a hailstorm. That's it. I worked so, on a hail- my, my first ever music video was a hailstorm video. Yeah. Sweet. So they were, they were awesome. Kinda, Great guys. Kind of like my show where just for fun, I started like interviewing bands. She for fun started featuring on, you know, female artists on her page. And kind of like what I was telling you, I started getting fan mail overnight. She started getting all these messages from other female artists saying, hey, this is such a cool Instagram. No one else is doing this. Can I be on your page? So this went on for months and months. And she said, oh, maybe I should go live. So she did a few live shows on Instagram. Didn't love it. Most people don't like going live. So now, like you, she's doing the podcast. So now she has a Women in Stereo podcast and it's on YouTube, Women in Stereo. So she's doing all the things that I didn't do when I was doing it <laughs> full time. She, you know. she has YouTube. It's on iTunes. Uh, she has the Instagram page. And uh I'm proud of her. It's cool. Every, yeah. every artist, every artist that she has on has like a story. So it's not just like, Oh, I play music kind of like, uh, like American Idol. They have like the backstory. So yeah. she had one artist on uh, who was bullied her whole life. And that is what got her into writing songs. So wow. she told her story and then another podcast, she had a, a, a black artist on, and this was during the height of the BLM movement. So she was talking about what that's like. Uh, and she had someone on recently that had terminal cancer and wow. she was given four months to live. And somehow by being spiritual, she lived and the doctors can't explain what happened, but the cancer is completely gone. That's a cool story. Wow. And then the newest one was Mixie from Stitched Apart. And I've had her on my show a bunch, but we never really get deep. But she opened up and told Jen this whole crazy story how she lived in a car out here for like five months until she had a place to live. She wow. moved out here alone to try to make it in a band. So it's fun to watch her do it because it's actually like cool stories, you know, whereas a lot of my interviews were like funny, making jokes, asking yeah. like questions. So that's what she's working on now. And so I'm just kind of like, I'm not even a producer on it or anything. So it's not like I'm pitching because of that. I just proud of her. And well, you, know, you can say you're the executive producer. It. You're the, you're the money behind it, right? Yeah. Your well, yeah, well we, we team up. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's women in stereo. So doing now. So I would, say, I would say, check that out. If you're watching, even if you're not a female, it's still fun to watch. And she's doing all these different segments now where she'll take two unsigned artists and she'll listen to them and then she'll give her feedback and pick which one she likes better. So She's really like well, expanding. Hey, I know. I know. I, didn't do. <laughs> I know. You, I know. You kind of know her, right? Is her being your wife and stuff? Uh, maybe you can have her on our show. Yeah, maybe? dude. That's a cool idea. Let's I, mean, I, I, I love it, man. We don't have enough ladies on our show. Yeah, it's all dudes. Yeah, uh, it's all dudes and, and uh, Corey's wife. That's yeah. it. <laughs> and my cousin, my cousin Ashley. But yeah, it'd be great. That's what we want to yeah. do in the future. Is you know we're yeah, she's year. active. She, yeah, she's trying to do it for real now. So yeah, we're we're a year deep now in this podcast, and we want to reach out to one thing. Corey and I want to do like I know you, Ross, but and a lot of people we've interviewed before this, we know we want to start interviewing yeah. people we don't. Yeah, know. for that's, sure. That's a hard. It's a hard muscle to 
like practice. So, you know, that'd be, you know, and, and she knows you. So at least that's a, you know, a, a buffer there. So uh, shout hey, out to our- you want to, Hey, Corey, you want to get people you don't know on here? Have Jordan on first. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how- the biggest, if that's the biggest like person, you know, then have him on. Yeah, yeah. for sure. We're, we're, def- we're definitely going to try to pull those strings. Um, I mean, it shouldn't be hard. They do like everything. Yeah, really. Right. And they're not Super doing anything. They're all, all these bands are bored. They're not doing anything. Um, I mean, that, that's really all I have to add, man. At this point, women in stereo. And, and, and if you go on YouTube and look up Ross star, you know, you can find some cool interviews to be on yeah. there, you know, ones uh, I did this year and then the old school ones. I also want to mention before, before we get out of here, cause I got, I got to pee too. Um, yeah. as much as I loved the Thursday experience, which was amazing. One of the best experiences I ever had at your show, Ross was a senders when it was just him and his wife. Oh yeah. You, I think in your girlfriend at the time and then what's her face and me it was just that was the six <laughs> people in the room and he played i want to know this story off air well, what's her face and yeah and you know he played the three train. songs acoustic and he was sitting you know six feet away from me and it was one of the that was a guy that i grew up with thursday like i learned their songs you know to Dude. become a better musician and it was like he's right there another, guy, concert, another yeah. guy would love to have on here one day he is uh, definitely we'll put on the hero. list. We're gonna make yeah. us. We're gonna start making a uh, a list of yeah. people we really want on the show. So yeah, I think the last the last two holy crap moments for me. Yeah, was when it was 2016 when Living End played for me on my show, oh, and then all cool. the way back to 2011 when the Rejects came over and played like a five song set for me. Wow, in your apartment, dude. Oh yeah, it's on. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, that's on YouTube. All American Rejects roster. You can see they did like a bunch of songs and they debuted a new one that came on off the, their last album. Oh, the kids and, and one other fun. F- fun story from uh, his show um boys yeah, i don't remember these tell me boys not out came on at least the singer i don't remember his oh yeah i don't remember his name but uh i was a big fan of theirs too so we came up and he got a ride to ross's show but didn't get a ride he had a show that night with armor for sleep in la somewhere and he didn't get a ride so heather and i were like oh shit i thought I said <laughs> uh we took we took him to his show and it was like so cool i was in the back seat like I listen to your records all the time and I was asking him all these questions being a total fucking nerd. So that was a fun story. I didn't know, you, I didn't know that's who you were referring to. I thought you were talking about CC when you said the girl that betrayed you. <laughs> oh, Chelsea chase. Yeah. Oh, oh. I, no, I love Chelsea chase. I'll shout out to Chelsea chase. Now the other, oh, I didn't know. I, I want to hear the betrayal story off there. It's the, 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 the bonus features. <laughs> HS. The bonus features. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's cool. I like hearing slightly like memories from you because like, I don't remember those. Like, uh, you got you know, so many, I, man. I, it's all probably blurs into one, man. It's, it's crazy. I mean, there, there was a while where Hunter from AFI was co-hosting every week with me. And then oh, Aaron from Millie cool. Fish I did co-hosted a, a few shows with me. I did a uh, human pyramid with Hunter of AFI with the guys from Miss Delphia. Did, remember that band? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I used to have I used to have a me I used to have a co-host Corey named Big John. He was like one of my buddies out here. I don't remember and, that. And we, yeah, this is early on before oh, okay. I met you. And we used to do a yeah. thing called the emo love line. So it was like love line, but we'd have the emo kids call up and we would give them like terrible advice and they would like take it. <laughs> and then some of the bands liked it so much that they wanted to do that instead. So like Buddy from Census Fail did that instead of the regular show, and like uh, Brian from Boys Like Girls did that instead of my regular show. It became like its own sub show. Hilarious. That's pretty good. There's a whole bunch of other things in between. I didn't mention, you know, I had, uh, I, I hosted a show on DirecTV called Havoc on the 101. I remember that. I did that. Um, I had a, a raw, I had a festival called Raw Stock where Skrillex headlined. We paid him $500. <laughs> wow. That's when it was now first he paid millions. You got him. It, it was him and Teen Hearts played. It was like at a roller rink for 400 people. And I, that was, <laughs> that was a good memory. You just never know. I keep, I keep, I keep learning things every day about my show. Like, uh, I keep hearing about Black Bear. You know that guy? Yeah. 
And someone DJ. sent me a picture. Someone sent me a picture of him on my show from like nine years ago. I was like, Dude, what, like Black Bear? Like, it's like, funny. Like the number one record. That's so funny. That's the second time I've heard that name in the last two days because Jordan was talking about him yesterday. I don't know. I don't yeah, remember. A, I don't remember what, but <laughs> he was called Mad Musto, and now he's Black Bear. But it's I guess hilarious. he does songs like Hell, yeah. he's, ma- he's making some fucking money out there, for sure. But uh, it's cool. Like the, a lot of the, I have nothing negative to say about any of these bands, nor would I ever yeah. tell you who the most boring. I, I'm not gonna say the most boring interviews were. I can tell you the the people always say who is the craziest person you had on. Yeah. Um, maybe. Well. Freeman the Horizon uh, was pretty crazy when I was there. They were pretty nice. I don't know why, I, sadly, sadly, it's not even good to promote this, but probably the the person with the most effed up life that came on was uh, the singer of Lost Prophets. Oh, he was man. over. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, <laughs> he forgot guy. for a second. He, uh, he Jeff, Jeff from Thursday replaced him. Really? Yeah, They the guys from Lost Prophets, after that guy got all that shit with the law. Yeah. Um, I mean, it felt bad. Those guys were like, well, we're still a band. What's going on? And no one like who was going to replace a pedophile basically for a band. Yeah. And so Jeff was like, dude, I'll fucking do it. Like, I don't like, this is like a good platform. Like now we can stand and say like, fuck this guy and fuck this shit. And we're probably playing music. So they, oh, that's cool. I like, uh, Ronnie Radke came over. I think it was his first interview after he got out of jail. That was a fun one. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. They started, the uh, started a band called no, uh, devote, Oh shit! No, no devotion. Yeah, no so devotion. check that out. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cool, it's a cool weird record. If you like Thursday and Lost uh-huh. Profits, it's kind of a weird record. All right, let's um, get out of here, DJ. I yeah. want to, we're gonna have you back on. Like, For you're sure, obviously, dude. you you yeah, know your shit, so, man. <laughs> do me a favor. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this on the show so you actually do it. So when when you're done. Go on to. Do you have Apple Music or Spotify or what? Uh, Spotify. So I'm an Apple. I, I'm an Apple guy, and Corey's the Spotify guy. So go to Green Day and look up the song "A Brutal Love." It's off the album Trey. Listen to that song. Like actually listen, and then give me your review. Like just text me it. Text it to Rob, and Rob will text it to me, Corey. I'll, t- and then I'll tell you what. Me. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna play it right now. It's gonna be the last song on the on the podcast. I'll trail it out. Okay, but also for real, listen, listen. to it so you can text me your review. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That doesn't that doesn't like make you like have like a hundred emotions in a song that you'll then you know you'll finally understand what I expect from him at this point in his career when you hear the song. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> All right, so yeah, so check out uh, women in stereo uh, dot com YouTube uh, yep. slash women in stereo and, and Instagram. Check, yeah, and. and Search DJ. I'm still on Instagram too at DJ Roster. I'm doing throwbacks all the time, man. There it is. And and search his shit on YouTube. Watch some old videos. Yeah, um, back in dude, the day. Ross, thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me. I haven't man. done any of these. This we'll is have, cool. We'll have you back on. You're just a well of information of this industry. That And we're just all three fanboys that just oh, want yeah. to fanboy out. Uh, you can check us out, uh, check us out at uh, social scrutiny. Check us out. Socialscrutiny.com. Yeah, we're going to get one of those soon. Uh, Instagram, the Social Scrutiny Podcast, also on Facebook. Buy a mug, buy a sticker. We'll give you some free shit that you don't even want. Um, cool. All right. It's been the Social Scrutiny Podcast. I'm Robert. That's Ross. And I'm Corey. All right. See you guys later. This plastic Yeah.
Hey everyone, it's Rob from the So Scrutiny Podcast, and from Corey and myself, this has been an amazing year. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number Five. Thanks, Lou Bega. I just want to say that the secret code phrase is "war all the time, war all the time," and take it away. Thank you.